What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Retire to Hunt. Got my buddy Tracy and Wyatt Candidate sitting here. Tracy's the co-founder of Never Summer Snowboards. Now, if any of y'all snowboard or ever thought about snowboarding, you probably heard that name before. They are a giant in the game, especially the U.S. game. They're uh, in the top three biggest manufacturers of snowboards in the country. They may be number one. Don't quote me on that. I'm sure he could tell you more about that. And uh, here's a little quick shameless plug, man. So I've been snowboarding for probably six, seven years now, and I've had, or I have four or five different boards. And I met Tracy at the gym a couple years ago. We became really good buddies. Anyway, my point is he gave me one of his boards, and it changed the way I ride. I'm not kidding you. I ain't just saying that. The boards are incredible. Something about the rocker, camber, I don't know. I'm sure he could tell you more about it. I don't know that much about snowboarding. I just know I like to do it. But anyway... Uh, it's a legit company. They make legit products, and it's made here in the USA, so go check out Never Summer. But anyway, Tracy's just a heck of a dude, very, very serious hunter, just like his son, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt and his brother, Troy, man, they are seriously the most advanced outdoors kids I've ever been around. I mean, they're all about it. Some of the questions that they've come to me with, it's like, I mean, that, this is a grown man question. I mean, they really care about it. Uh, Wyatt's actually a really good elk caller. He can call, uh, can call ducks. He can call turkeys. He's going to make a fine hunter, man. But anyway... Uh, last year we did a whole whole bunch of elk hunting in September. So, if you guys listened to my introductory episode, you heard about my uh, the nice bull I killed in rifle. Well, I was able to pull a Class B cow tag as well <clears throat> to be able to hunt elk with a bow last year. So, me and Tracy and Wyatt we uh, we hunted quite a bit last year together. We actually started off the season up uh, up north in the uh, Never Summer Mountain Range, which is obviously a super uh, special place for Tracy, you know, being that he named the company Never Summer. But anyway, we got into a bunch of elk, and we had a hell of a time. Didn't end up killing, but, man, we had a hell of a time. So uh, that's why I brought them in today to, to go over and discuss the encounters that we had uh, on public land, over-the-counter, you know, grinded-out style of elk hunting. So... Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it, and uh, let's talk a little bit about September. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Welcome back to Retired to Hunt. I got my buddies here, uh, Wyatt and Tracy Canada. Uh, Tracy is the founder, actually the co-founder of Never Summer, right? Didn't you yeah. and your brother start it up? <laughs> yeah, my brother and I started uh, Never Summer 31 years ago up in Fort Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado, right yep. up the road, a little yep. bit north of here. Absolutely. But, uh, so me and Oak Tracy and Wyatt, we spent how many nights was it? Uh, matter of fact, we had actually had two different legs of uh, of hunting last year. Remember, we went in yeah. two different times. I think the first time was what, like a four nighter or something like that. Yeah, four nighter. It was the uh, opening weekend. Opening weekend, and oh, yeah. uh, so guys, we're gonna go ahead and dive into what we did in Archery Elk. Uh, so you'll look at the title of this episode, and it's going to be backpacks bulls and beef ribs and uh you'll find out about the beef ribs later this is a uh, one hell of an archery elk story but we'll go ahead and dive in so let me paint you a picture of what we had going last september so young wyatt here had school uh the day before the opener so i went in myself drove up a uh pretty gnarly i mean would you consider it pretty i mean you got oh, more experience than me i mean yeah. it's a gnarly four by four oh yeah right? you, you and i scouted it you know the week before and oh yeah it's gnar- narrow narrow yeah. shelf road 
I mean, literally, we probably – what would you say from uh, the time it starts to get bad to the time we get there? As far as mileage goes, it is not that long it's a road, an hour, right? It's an hour long, a technical four-wheel drive road. But what I'm getting yeah. at is we don't cover that much ground, right? I no. Mean, I mean, just – I not mean, guys, all. we're well, talking about creeping. Miles. Yeah. And, and Tracy here has got, a, you know, a forerunner. I mean, it's 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 ready to roll on the uh, on the gnarly roads, and we were going, what, five-mile-an-hour just creeping? I was just creeping along. And uh, so anyway uh, – I got in there the day before the opener, and I took. I've got an F two fifty, and it does not like roads like that. So I loaded up my four wheeler and uh, secured the uh, Bison cooler onto the back of it, and I hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm in there a couple hours before they get there. So I pulled the four wheeler off to the side, and uh, at the elevation that I was at was about ten four. So got an eighty two pound pack. Got my bow on. I'm pretty. <laughs> oh my! So, guys, I know a lot of people are going to say, "Why in the world are you carrying 82 pounds for a four night trip?" Well, I'm a big dude, so my all my shit's big too. So, yeah, pack pretty heavy, and uh, so we head straight up, or I head straight up, and it's only we're we were camped in there about a mile, yep. 1.3, 1.4 miles. Now, given in those 1.4 miles, we're gaining. Put it to you like this. We camped at about eleven six fifty. So yeah. I mean, I'm not good at math. But what's that? About twelve hundred and fifty vertical feet. Yeah. Enough. Uh, enough. So I mean, pretty gnarly deal. So uh, I get up there and I go ahead and pitch my tent because looking at the forecast, I saw we had some rain rolling in. So I go ahead and pitch my tent, and uh, I knew that I was about to do a good solid three four mile loop to check some cameras. So got my tent pitched and all that, and got my gear that I wasn't going to bring put away and. I go and do my loop. Me and Tracy actually went in there, what, a month before the Absolutely. opener, did some scouting, did an overnight yep. scout, and heard yep. some bulls at night, uh, which was a cool deal. I mean, we were crawling in the tent, and we're like, what in the world is that noise? And yeah. we crawl over the ridge, and sure enough, there's a bull just kind of a like a bark, wasn't it? More yeah. of a bark than a bugle. Exactly. And, and there's a bull just barking. He barked for, I don't know, 20 minutes straight. It was a pretty cool deal. And... uh Matter of fact, guys, look, I'm not going to be one of those guys that doesn't tell you, uh, you know, the details of where we were at. Look, we were, let's just say we were around the, the Never Summer Mountain Range, okay? Mm-hmm. Very special place yep. for, for Tracy, obviously. We were around that, and, uh, you know, he's got some experience with this unit, and I was fired up to get in there and check it out, and uh, there's some elk in there. And Oh, yeah. yeah you know. and the thing I like about it, Josh, is uh, it's hard to get to, and there's a lot of hiking involved, and if you want to see elk, you got to work for it. Right? you got to work for it. And now, you've actually you've had some kills in there, right, TC? Yeah, well, I, I haven't killed anything, but my buddy uh, Jeff has killed uh, two cows, and then uh, my other buddy tom killed a 300 class bull Jeez, almighty yeah uh, otc, OTC. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's uh it's a great place to hunt old growth forest uh you see you know trees that are you know some of those old growth spruce and firs are up to five six hundred years old those big ones My God. three foot in diameter um boggy but some of it's above tree line you've got everything everything <clears throat> i mean everything around i mean they had feed they had cover they had water you know not to mention some of the big ponds if you will that we were finding there was yeah. a lot of seeps on yep. some of that northern stuff there was a lot of Absolutely. seeps that those elk could get in and uh yep. and drink from now going back to my little scouting trip that i did the day before the opener checking my cameras there wasn't a whole whole ton on camera but there was some elk on camera and there was a uh, a guy on the camera so you know we knew we had a little bit of competition going into yep. it and matter of fact i don't know if we saw that particular guy in there during that trip but we did get a little pressure in there with us yep. uh we yeah. did end up getting a little pressure 
But uh, so the scout trip went good, went in there and pulled those cameras. I went ahead and took them out because we knew that <clears throat> if those elk weren't in there, we were going to hit that spot. And once we blew it out or whatever it may be, we we're going to head to a new spot. So yeah. when I checked those cameras, I went ahead and pulled them out. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Tracy and Wyatt finish on yeah. the story. Yeah. So uh, we got up there and it was just raining cats and dogs. And we uh, put our. Uh, well, we had about 40-pound, 35, 40-pound packs, about half of what Josh yeah. had. But uh, we're hiking through the rain, and uh, we get up there. And uh, what time did we get up there? Why? It was dark. Yeah. yeah it was dark. Just, if it wasn't dark, it was just getting dark. Yeah, and we're like, we're like, where's Josh, man? You know, <laughs> no, we don't hear anything. And then, what, you open up the tent, and he's yeah. in there. Yeah. Welcome to camp. <laughs> and he's, got he's playing spot. Wordle or something. <laughs> With the damn headphones on watching a movie. And, uh, and we're setting up the tent. My dad cut himself and he, he butt over the tent and my, was, my brand new tent too it was like <laughs> brand new big agnes two person yeah. i mean brand new he was taking it out of the wrapper i don't know crazy. how the hell i cut myself but uh no we had a good time and uh got something to eat went to bed it was raining all night and then uh i'll never forget getting up you know in the morning early ate some oatmeal and huh? it was dark and we were in a cloud, right? Oh, Remember that it was just oh foggy God, and cloudy, and cold, and we're and we're up on a ridge too, Josh. And uh, it's so awesome. We're above tree line. Well, we camped right in the trees at right tree, at line. tree line, right at 11,650 11, feet. Yeah, but we got our stuff on and creeped over the ridge and got up, and we're in a cloud, and it's just mystical. And all of a sudden, we start hearing little <laughs> calls. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we start hearing rocks moving, and yeah, that's right. We yeah. heard the rocks yeah. move. Oh, I'll be honest, man. I was uh, I was kind of worried. I was like, man, are these some hunters over here? Because it was almost too good to be true. I'm not kidding you guys. We were, I don't know, a couple hundred yards from where we were camped, and we were hearing this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's I mean, they were right below us, and we can't see anything. All we're hearing these these cow mews literally in the clouds. Like that's we can't tell. I mean, literally, it sounds like they're coming from the clouds. Yeah, but you know what? It, it sounds easier than what you have to do because remember, now we have to hike down an avalanche. Well, we had to go another guys, in, quarter mile get, around the bowl and then go down the avalanche. Chute. Exactly. So that's that's one of the reasons why Josh, I, I like this place because it's just hard to get into. So, you know, you hear stuff, uh, you know, bugling or cow calling down there. But not many people want to hike down into that bowl. Right. And we did it. We got in there in the morning, and uh, we had some pretty good uh, close encounters, absolutely. Good gracious. And, I mean, guys, I'm sure it gets beat to death. You know, OTC is possible for anybody. You just really have to put in the work. I really don't think people understand. I mean, when we say put in the work, you know, Tracy just talked about that avalanche shoot that we went down. I mean, it is – about as close to vertical as you can get. Uh, I can remember. <laughs> I can remember. I think it was uh, a couple days later. We were climbing up out of that, and uh, I got beat uh, about halfway up. And I'm like, man, I think we were all like, let's sit down. But you can't even enjoy sitting down. Oh the, yeah, the yeah, vert, yeah. Steep. The vert is so nasty. You can't sit and relax. You. I mean, as soon as you sit, you start sliding down. I mean, it, it's vertical. So <laughs> I can remember at one point, you know, I just bit the bullet and started bear crawling and sprinted like 30 yards to a deer trail so that I could find some flat ground. Hey, you know those new uh, crispy Nevada boots I've got, man? They helped me get up that damn uh... <laughs> Now, TC, you were pretty much breaking those things in on that hunt, right? Absolutely. Which is impressive. I mean, this dude was breaking in brand new boots, climbing a thousand foot of vert yeah. a quarter mile. <laughs> you know what, though? It's funny because when you're, when you're hunting, like listen if if my if my wife wanted to say hey let's go hike a 14er you know i would be the guy at the end of the line just huffing and puffing but if i'm hunting 
I haven't. I do. I, I you can, can be the I first go, in line. I'll be the first up and the first down. I just it's that extra motivation to see what's on the other side of the hill. Yeah. Right. And I was watching. Uh, I was watching something that that Randy Newberg put out. Kind of some older stuff. Uh, he used to have a show called On Your Own Adventures back in uh, the early two thousand ish, maybe two thousand ten, twelve, fourteen ish in there. And some guy had uh, kind of got on him on a hunt for him because he was saying how much he wanted to hunt some particular mountain range and. There was some guy that got on there saying, oh, well, if you want to go there so bad, just go there and hike it. And it's like, dude, that is not the same. I mean, your approach to that particular landscape is completely different if you're going in there hunting animals than if you're just la-di-da walking through there. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there. And that made a lot of sense to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's how motivated you are that uh, that will give you extra energy right. to get up and down those hills. Now, you know, the, the the thing that sucks is if you get, I mean, obviously it's awesome if you get an animal down, right? But if you have to pull quarters out, and uh, we did that, you know, three different times uh, back in the day in that basin, and it's tough. I mean, it's a lot of work, and it takes all day. But, uh, but you know, just the encounters are worth it because you remember that for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And like, like uh, guys, I mean, we can sit here and try to explain it the best we can, but I can't explain to you how gnarly this stuff is that we're talking about. I mean, it's it is as close to vertical as you can get. I'm just telling you. I mean, it's you take a rock and you pick it up, put it down. It's going to roll the bottom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that's the best that's way just, to put it. That's just how gnarly it was. Yeah. Uh, go hey, take it away, Wyatt. From here, what is it? We on day two yet? Have we finished? No, day no, one? no, no. We, oh, we haven't oh, even got no, into no, day no. Yeah, we just had the cow calls. Hold go on, man. We're we're going down into those cow calls, mm-hmm. and then Wyatt, um, you know, yeah. uh, let's talk about that first encounter that you and Josh had when I was calling up. Well, above here, you. I, let's let's go in. Let's uh, let's start a little before that. Okay. So we were down, uh, going after these cows. We were calling to them, but they were just going away from us, and so we, uh. We kind of lost them, and then we, uh, I think after maybe 20 minutes, we let out like a locator bugle, and we heard, uh, I think we heard one or two bugles down. I think there were multiple bulls sounding off, yeah. Yeah, easily. And we were going after them, and we got to go over this rock field, and our wind's kind of going at them a weird weird direction, so we kind of have to do a little maneuver to get around them, and uh, we get there to where we kind of want to set up, and we're calling, we're calling. Me and Josh got set up, and my dad, he's back cow calling. And this bull's kind of hung up raking a tree. And, now, these uh, bulls, I hate to stop you here, Wyatt. These bulls weren't just lightly. Be- I mean, these things were lit balling. I, did, I mean, it's September 3rd. I did not expect to hear bulls acting like this. I mean, they were going nuts. There had to have been a hot cow in the area. No, Go ahead, Wyatt. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, I, we hear this bull raking and raking, and I, I look at Josh. I'm like, hey, Josh, uh, lit ball. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got you. And he does. And I'm not kidding. These two bulls, I immediately hear the raking stop. I'm like, all right, we either scared them or, yeah, they're, or they're coming away. That's and right. I look through the trees, and I see two two bulls coming right <laughs> at me. It didn't take I'm, long. I'm shaking, and I'm, I'm looking at Josh. And, and I mean, he only had a, what? You only had an over-the-counter cow tag, right? Had an over-the-counter cow tag. You know what? Uh, matter of fact, to add on to the lip ball that I let out, did a little raking, too. Uh, did a little raking on the tree behind me, and I'm standing in front of a, about the tree, about the diameter of me, so a pretty big ass tree. I'm standing in front of it, and uh, I do a little rake and let out a uh, a lip ball, and I don't even know if they responded. I think they went quiet, and they just, I mean, yeah. about five, I don't know, five to eight minutes later, uh, I look up, 
and I see a rat coming out, and I'm not kidding you. I pull my rangefinder up, and I'm standing there with a 31-yard opportunity unobstructed <laughs> at a four-point opening yeah. day over-the-counter Colorado. But I've got a cow tag, and this thing's at 30 yards. Yeah. Go ahead, Wyatt. Yeah. And I got I'm, – I'm just a little bit farther to the right from Josh, maybe 10 yards. He's probably about, I don't know, 35, 40 yards, and – it's it's real tough. Well, and you shoot a recurve. Re yeah, you shoot yeah. a recurve. Oh, we, we have that, that's a great point, TC. <laughs> These guys are hunting with trad equipment. I, I neglected to say that. I'm in there with my compound bow. I'm perfectly prepared to shoot 80 yards. They're in there with, you know, Native American, like just a, a stick and a string. Well, like, no, I mean, no, it's just you know we have limitations, you know, based on just how you know what we can do, and yeah. uh, most of the the kills that I've had, I've averaged about 12 to 15 yards. <laughs> And I could well because I don't think I I don't think I'm very good at past 20 25 yards to be sure honest enough. with you. So, uh, but no, 30 yards with a recurve <laughs> is close, but sometimes it's not, not close, close enough. enough right? Yeah, but, that makes sense. And then that and then the four point his buddy came back or behind him and it was a uh, it was a smaller five by five. It was still a great yeah. bowl. I would have shot either one of those oh. bulls guys. I mean, <laughs> I mean they you know, were at no 30. Question. How how far do you think they were from you? What? Uh, about 35 yards. It was kind of, it's kind of tough because if I had, if I had other equipment, who knows, it could have been a lot different story, but yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. And I tried to kind of move at them when they were moving and obviously that's not going to work with elk. I was just trying to try something. Trying to make minute. something happen. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I had a good view from up above you guys watching everything happen. And then, uh, you know, they blew out, went down into the deeper timber and, uh, you know, us three got together and, uh, you know, talked about the close encounter, but then remember we creeped down in there yeah. and we kicked out some cows yeah, too. Like, what, remember they were ten? hung up. Well, yeah. bef before we get to that, talk about those guys that yeah, walked yeah, up yeah. on you. Yeah. Okay. Well, so <laughs> we, we thought we had this little basin along. We had these screaming bulls. And well, we thought we had it to well, ourselves. Well, wait a second. So later in the day. No, it was later. No, no, no. But later in the day, we saw their tent up on the oh, ridge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. We so later down. in the day, so so we put two and two together that these guys were from a tent much lower than us, and they came in. But I don't think those two guys saw the bulls. I really don't no. because I was talking to them briefly, and then they took off, and then about maybe five minutes later is when the, everything started to happen. Didn't you say they mentioned something about how they thought it was callers? Yeah, yeah, Didn't yeah. They yeah. Say exactly. They thought, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's right. They thought it wasn't real. That's exactly right. Which is crazy to me, just based off of the guttural sound no, that dude, those dude. bulls were making. I mean, guys, listen, you know, you can tell typically the difference between a bull and a duck flutie. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, seriously, like it, they were lip balling. I mean, and, and, and Josh, know. listen, you guys blow me away too, because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school, I'm 58 years old. These guys are young, and they're doing all kinds of, like, bugles. And back in the day, man, we never bugled. We just cow-called, you yeah. know. And I, I've killed a couple of bulls and a cow, and uh, I've watched my buddies kill stuff. And uh, we just didn't do that. And and you guys really turned me turned me on to, to you know, uh, bugles because it really worked. And I got to credit you, Josh. You you're a very good caller. I was I was like blown away. I appreciate that, yeah, TC. Listen, I've been told multiple times exactly what you just said. I hear guys say, "Oh, it ain't even worth bringing a bugle in the woods." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to hear I that mean, all gonna, the time. They're gonna scare it off. You know? I used to hear that all the time. Right. 
And I would just, I typically used a diaphragm and then a couple of other calls, right? That what I'd was have the, around the my Primos, uh, what call is that? Uh, the, uh, golly, what is that? Well, no, I have a Hoochie Mama, absolutely. But then I had... Uh, I know exactly the, what call you the, got. A Primos, golly. just a little reed call. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a Carl, Carlton, I think it's called a Carlton call, a reed call as well. Yeah. But I would just use a variety of calls and I would, you know, point my head this direction back behind me and, and typically... Uh, and I don't want to go off tangent too much, but when I killed uh, uh, five by five years ago, I was by myself, and so I was kind of calling for myself. And yeah. I, I came across on a north-facing slope, came across some uh, fresh sign, and I just said, "I think the bull's probably below me, so I'm going to call here, and then I'm going to quickly move my way downhill." And fortunately, it was thick enough to where I found a good pinch point, so I would call, and then I work my way down, and then I shut up. And uh, I found a little pinch point with a trail coming up, and sure enough, here comes a bull up through the trees, and I shot him at like ten yards. But I just used, but I just used cow calls. I did not bugle, and uh, so yeah, I, I've I've changed my mind on that. I don't. Who do you guys listen to? Pondale. Uh, That's one of mine. That's the guy I listen to. Yeah, Josh. How did you get? Else? How did Corey you get? Jacobson. Josh, how did you get hooked on on calling? How did you learn how to do it? Uh, I mean, my whole life I've I've loved calling ducks. I mean, right. at a very young age, I was I was pretty adept at being able to call ducks. So I don't know. I kind of I kind of fell in love with it as far as from a waterfowl perspective. Now Ooh. I never called turkeys or anything that that required a diaphragm, but uh, you know, doing the research that I've done and watching guys like uh, Dirk Durham, you know, the bugler and Corey Jacobs and a little bit of Paul Medell. Uh, you know, I was like, wow, like, you know, I've watched a lot of videos of these guys killing out via a bugle tube, you know, yeah. now everybody's got their own, own hunting style and, and I like to spot and stalk as well, but you know, being able to call something up, I mean, that, that's special, you know, cause oh. that, you know, being able to trick an animal with, with, Absolutely. with, with that kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, I got a lot of respect for those elk, you know, oh, I do not dude. think they're dumb animals and when you can pull them in by talking to them, Absolutely. I mean, that's special. Absolutely. And, and to your point about the cow calling, I mean, every time TC was blowing the cow call, those those bulls were responding, they just didn't want to budge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they were kind of in the vicinity of that hot cow and they could smell her and didn't want to leave her. If they've already got action down there, why are they going to deviate? Right. Right. right? Yeah. So then when you guys start bulls, they want to you know, fight. They want to fight. They're like, hey, listen, I got my hair in here. You got to get away. Right? Yeah, they wanted to get Get that boy out Wyatt, of there. Wyatt, I, I got to tell you, you're a damn good caller, too. Absolutely. Because as much as you'd piss off your mom at home, call, call him in the house, right? I think he let off the first bugle of the trip, right? From in the clouds on the ridge. Yeah. Let off the opening day bugle. Absolutely. The, out, out into the mist, man. Got those responses. Man, it was, that's uh, fun. Because like, before that, that, I, that, that was really the first year I took bugling seriously because I, I really wanted to get good and really learn it. I did it the year before, but I didn't know half as much. Right, right. And... I never got a response, and that that opening day when I first did, I was like, "Oh, dude, that, it, it, it was that that was my goal that year to get." Let's see, like ten responses, and dude, that we got like a hundred responses in that it first day, and it, it was awesome. And you know what? There, there's a, a quick story, Josh, about Wyatt and I. You know, Wyatt's my son. He was 14 uh, a few years ago. <laughs> first day he could ever hunt elk legally. Okay, we were in a basin, and. Uh, we saw a five by five right after we took a little lunch break. Oh, this is the basin I'm thinking we're both thinking about. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so we, we stop and uh, and eat a Snicker bar and just kind of relax a little bit. And we get up, and as soon as we get up, put our packs well, on and turn well, 
we saw that five by five. Well, do you remember when we were down there? I was like, yeah, we should call here. But okay, it was yeah. a terrible setup idea because we were out in the open. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and, and so the older I get, I, I think my my uh, instincts aren't quite as crisp. But uh, Wyatt had good instincts. It's like, man, I think we should set up here. And I'm like, no, I think we should go up a little bit further. So anyway, we, we uh, get our packs on. And as soon as we stand up and take a you know turn to the left, there's a five by five looking at us. And then he runs up the hill. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. And Wyatt's like, Dad, I told you we should have stopped. <laughs> okay. I was just stoked okay. to see that. So, so, so anyway, we hear we hear him go up the hill. So I'm like, hey, I think we can still pull him down. So I said, hey, Wyatt, why don't you run up the hill a little bit, about 80 yards or so, and I'm going to stay back here and just start raking stuff and breaking stuff and, and calling, and let's see what happens. And so I can hear stuff above me. Um, but and I'm calling and Wyatt's set up um, just like I told him when he was a kid get behind some trees that are maybe uh, yeah. you know 15 to 2 feet uh, in diameter so uh, standing up you definitely want to stand up yeah. and uh, but then all of a sudden I see some movement out of the corner of my eye to the right yeah it was behind and, me yeah and here comes a 6 by 6 is this the same day? this yeah. is, this is, <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is ten opening day ten minutes his after. first day ever oh, 10 minutes after good. yeah yeah so here comes a six by six in, and Wyatt's looking up the hill, not at the six by six. And I'm like, "Oh man, if he sees this six, six by six, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna freak out, and we're gonna ruin it." Was he right? a good six? Dude, yeah. he, he was nice. It was a, he was, he was nice. a great boy. I don't think he was 300 class, but he was big. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's coming in, and all of a sudden, Wyatt just slowly looks to his right. Like a pro, and he's 14, and he looks at it, and, he, and, and dude, he doesn't move. And I'm like, okay, this may work. So I start calling a little bit and moving. As soon as the bull would go behind a tree, I would make a move further away from him and try and get Wyatt you know, in the middle of us. And uh, the bull does a loop up, and I call a little bit more, and here comes the bull, and he's coming right by Wyatt. And all I can see is Wyatt, but I can't see the bull now because I had moved. And... All I see is Wyatt make moves. Like I told him, you know, if when the bull's eyes go behind a tree, that's when you make your subtle movements, right? Right. And all of a sudden, I see Wyatt pull his bow back, and I'm like, dude, oh this is going to happen. And all of a sudden, I hear a mew, like a, a cow mew. And then all of a sudden, I hear the bull just blow out, and I'm like, that kid just shot a six by six his opening day with a, with a recurve. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, this doesn't happen. I'm like, this doesn't happen. So I run up there, you know, and I'm like, dude, what happened? And he's got a tear in his eyes. Like, dad, I, I, uh, I mewed and I shouldn't have. So he tried to stop him because I told him uh, when, when I shot my first bull, a six by five, it was in thick timber. So I had to stop him between trees. Sure. So I made that mew and I, and I killed him. But Wyatt, um, really didn't need to stop the bull he was just moving slowly yeah. and how close was he why uh i think like eight steps yeah oh. like, like eight yards right hey my point to this story is i'm glad you didn't kill that bull because it would have changed your perspective Ooh, on how hard, how hard elk hunting that's is a right point. if you shoot a bull that big <clears throat> with a recurve first day ever you're never going to have that same respect uh, for respect him. for the hunt and for yeah. the bull you know what i mean i mean we're talking colorado otc i mean as hard as it gets yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? absolutely and, and to have that many opportunities on hold today, that's Absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. So I think it just makes it, you know, when we talk about how hard it is to get down in these basins, 
Man, it's hard work, and it should be hard, and it can't be easy. Right. And you yeah. don't want don't it to be easy. Yeah, I don't think it should be. We, we don't want an elk hunt because it's easy. We want an elk hunt because it's challenging. Right. right? And it's so rewarding. Right. There really you go. Know, it's you very know? rewarding to be able to put – very gratifying to be able to put that much work in. And yeah. even if you don't kill, you know, you have some encounters out there, and you get to experience that, that trophy country. You know, that, yeah. I mean, it's just beautiful up there. You know, you see that trophy country. I mean, that's a win to me, man. Oh, yeah. That was uh, – and then let me tell you the – well, we went down. Okay, so remember when we, um, excuse me, when we creep down uh, about 15 yards, 20 yards down into the thicker timber. Actually, it was about 34 yards where we ate lunch. Remember how elky it was? That's where all the elk were. Remember yeah. all of the smell? And oh, the, you're talking, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That first morning. Oh, day. Dude, there was just, there was piss and there was shit and there was rust. Yes. And it smelled like, it was incredible. Well, yeah. so you remember when we left, okay, so that encounter happened with those two bulls. So they came from, uh, what is that, up or downwind? The good side of the wind. What is that, up or down? Upwind. No, no, they were, they were. Upwind. Yeah, upwind. Uh, okay, so they come up, and they're trying to circle to get the wind, and uh, eventually they, that's exactly what they got. They got a nose full of our scent, and they blew out of there. So we let it cool down for a minute, and it, we kind of went after them. And remember, we messed with that bull that dude, was across the dude. ridge oh, for like 20 that, minutes. He was exactly. going crazy. I had the biggest limb that's in my right. hand rake, and he was responding he was to every not, call, right? He, he would budge. not. He wouldn't budge. He, he wouldn't budge. I could, he sounded like Didn't a, you take off after him? Yeah. I think, I took, me, y'all me and Tracy like, said, why? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. We sent Wyatt down into a nasty, dark ravine after this elk, and shortly thereafter, he'd come back up there. But Josh, this area is so steep that you know when, when you when you get real aggressive you wear yourself out oh, you know and, we're, and we're like hey listen this is fun and we we want to try and get something right now but at the same time it's so physically you know challenging awesome. that yeah. that uh you can only do so much you know i agree with that and uh just so happened there was a creek in between us and that bull and for uh for lunch, we ended up going down to, I mean, just one of the most picturesque views that you'll ever sit and have a a, a pack of Raymond Bulls at. You know, uh, you know, we filtered a little water and a uh, nice little, I think, a breeze sucking down the hill still. I think it was a little shady, so the yeah. breeze was still, the uh, thermals were still sucking downhill. We had, uh, I know I, I had some Raymond Bulls. What did y'all eat that day? I had two packs of Raymond Bulls. <laughs> I think I had uh, some Chili Mac. Chili Mac? Yeah. A little Mountain House? Dude. Dude, yeah, I, I like the spaghetti, and, and I like ramen, too, though, man. Yeah. You, can, you can't go wrong with can't ramen. Can't go wrong no. with it. Absolutely. And there's something about in the middle of the day after you've been battling with the Bulls, to be able to kick your boots off by the freaking creek. Absolutely. Yeah. And just yeah. relax yeah. for a little bit. And we were stump shooting, too. We were, we were picking out stump shooting, uh, oh, man. Yeah. We were down there for 10, 15 minutes, 20, 20 I don't know. Dude, I might have even taken a nap. Who I just, I love the smells oh. of, of forest life. Like that, oh, where dude. like the decaying wood, it's oh, just so goodness. moist, and I mean, dude, I just love that. And, and that North Face of stuff, you got that damp moss. Yeah, golly, it's like yeah. stepping on a damn bed. Every right? Time. Isn't that amazing? The difference between a North Facing kind of boggy slope and a South Facing, yeah. you know, dry slope. Oh, yeah. I mean, night it's, it's night and day, and that's why the elk love that because it's so yeah. cool. Yep, you know. And uh, they're big animals, man. They overheat. So I was uh, I was doing some research the other day. It takes an elk the same amount of energy to thermoregulate in hot ass weather as it does in that cold ass weather. Yeah. So I mean, it's super important for them Absolutely. to be able to uh, to find that shade in the middle of the oh, day, especially. Yeah, yeah. And that's why sometimes uh, 
So at the end of the day, the runt is a photo period deal that goes on with the cows and how much, you know, how much light goes into their eyes from the standpoint of how long the day is, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, you'll hear some guys say, you know, the rut's late this year, the rut's late this year. And it's like, uh, nah, they're just doing it at night because they have to. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. So it's one of those deals where it's like, hey, look, guys, if you're not hearing anything in the daytime, maybe go ride around at night, listen for yeah, night road eagles. I mean, if they're, they're going to be rutting, they may not be doing it in the daytime, but it's going on. Yeah, yeah. So so we get back to camp, and then the second day, unless you guys want to finish the first day, but the second day. We didn't have much action the rest of the day. It, it was kind of uneventful. It, we we uh, hunted the south-facing slope, and I, I knew of kind of a, well, actually, uh, Josh, it was pretty close to where my buddy shot that big 300. So I was like, let's give this a chance. You're talking okay? that was the next day? That was the second day, remember? Oh, mm. So the second yeah, day, yeah. We, we hunted that morning. And it looked elky, but we just didn't see a lot of signs. That's right. And I had to go run back. Uh, so, yeah, I left something in my truck. And I'm like, so I went down to the truck and I'm like, hey, listen, man, I'm going to go. I And, you know, I have to check my, you know, for business because it was, you know, we're pretty busy that time of year. So I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go get that stuff out of the car. I'm going to drive out, get a cell signal, and then I'll be back up. I'll meet you guys at camp later on in the day. So uh, I drove into And uh, I, uh, I, uh, I checked messages and whatnot. And then I got back and I hiked up uh, the ridge. And uh, I, I didn't know if those guys were going to be at the tent yet or not. But uh, Hold on. Let's, I, let me stop you real quick, TC. Was this before, after, or during the hailstorm that blew through? Oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we had to take cover under that tree for like an hour. No, no. I didn't, I didn't experience that. Because I was in, I was in, in Walton. Yeah, so I, I uh, didn't experience the hailstorm. So you guys finish the story here. Guys, listen. I'll let Wyatt finish it, but I'll start by saying... Uh, that was the longest hail experience that I've ever dealt with. Go ahead, what? Yeah, no, I mean, we were stepping through, what, what two inches of hail? It looked like a fresh snow. It yeah. just hit the ground. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was worried about my dad because we got up to camp, and it was like, I don't know, 20 minutes, and he said he was going to be back. I, he didn't specify when, obviously, but I was kind of worried. I was like, Man, he's getting old. He's going he's gonna to get lost. What do you mean lost. getting old? <laughs> Dude, look at these quads. Come on. <laughs> and then we uh, <laughs> we're back at Tevi and Josh. I think are just messing around. Uh, I'm, I think I'm laying down in the tent under this tarp. We brought a tarp. And, and you guys were hungry, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, we were starving, man. We were. I was about to cook up some. Uh, I was about to cook up some, probably ramen noodles. I think classic. And uh, and I look over and I see my dad, and he's got. He's got his bow in one hand, and he's got a, and he's got grocery bags in the other hand. He comes up, he's like, "You guys want some ribs?" And he opens up, and it's a whole rack of ribs for Josh Barbecue Fry up on ribs. this mountain at eleven thousand six hundred feet. Oh yeah, dude! This dude walked in with a garbage bag of ribs up twelve hundred and fifty vertical feet. <laughs> oh, so good though. And that was super uh, revitalizing after Hunker. I mean, TC, I'm not kidding you. I mean, we sat. What forty five minutes under the trees, dude? For that hail, so dude. I had a, a pack cover from my Kuyu pack. I took the pack cover out and I put the backpack behind me, leaned up against a tree, took my pack cover and put it above me. And I'm a big dude, so it kept a lot of me dry, but not all of me. So yeah, you know, I was sitting there. It was pretty. It actually got pretty cold, didn't it? Yeah, and I I didn't have no good pants. I 
we went shopping at Shields like That's the right. week before. Yeah. And I got these pants, and dude, they they got dry on the hike up, and they didn't dry till I put them in the dryer at home. I it, mean, dude, I was wet, soaked man. the entire it was wet. trip. Yeah. Yeah, and what you know, we've always talked, you know, and sometimes I, you know, make mistakes too. But we always talk about you don't bring cotton in. You know, yeah. it's all wool or the new poly stuff. But you don't the bring days cotton. No, the cotton. You can't bring <laughs> cotton in. No, no. You don't bring especially cotton. when it's cold and wet. Right. You got to have wool. You got to have good stuff. Yeah. So we get back to camp that day. What would y'all eat that night? Did y'all have more uh, beef stroke? What y'all have? Um, I think ramen. I got some ramen. No, I, I did this Thai stir fry thing that I. Oh, that's right. It was good. I, I it was good. Absolutely. Yeah, the pad thai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. good stuff. No, dude, I, I love the MREs, man. Some of these new MREs are incredible. In- incredible. Absolutely. <clears throat> A little bit of coffee and oh man, oh. I love it. It tastes so, almost just like home home cooked almost. So y'all are uh, pot breakers guys, right? Didn't y'all heat up a little pack of uh, oatmeal? A little pack of oatmeal every oh, morning. Yeah. You got to have oatmeal. So let's take a little break here from the store. Let's talk a little gear. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, y'all brought in oatmeal. I run bars in the morning. Like, I'm not a huge morning eater. Uh, so I would eat a Mountain Ops bar in the morning, and we would take off. And and what yeah. time would we eat lunch around noonish, 1 o'clock or something like that? Yeah. If, you know, midday, yeah. we're, we're, we're kind of Depending exhausted. on what's going on, right? Exactly. But it's usually about midday. And, and to have that jet boil with a nice warm meal, you know, during the day, it's oh, awesome, man. man. But I like the warm I like the warm oatmeal, though, in the morning, too. It just kind of, you know, I, I don't know freshens me up and warms me up. Yeah. So back, TC, before that you were turned on to these jet boils and stuff like that, what, what were y'all doing back then? What, what were y'all eating? Because I remember this guy, I've seen him carrying a whole loaf of bread and a block of cheese. Yeah, yeah. redneck nachos. Uh, yeah, redneck nachos. Yeah. No, what we used to have is, uh, dude, a stick of salami, like one of those big salamis, you know, and uh, a brick of, like, sharp cheddar cheese. Oh, dude. And that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's good, dude. Oh, dude, I eat salami and cheese like all the time uh, you know granola bars obviously are easy and you got to have coffee though for sure but man you know i think uh, this is funny because we last year um what was it it was june mid of june middle of june 2021 my other son troy and uh josh and i hiked into this uh lake in the in Gun- near gunnison and it was high mountain lake and we fished for some big brook trout right and it's about a, I don't know, about a two, two and a half mile hike, about maybe 1,500 vert, right? And uh, so I have this little, you know, day pack that weighs about, I don't know, seven pounds. And uh, I've got my brick of cheese and uh, salami, right? And Troy obviously doesn't have anything. I'm carrying this crap, right? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like Troy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and here's Josh. He's got like an 80-pound pack. And I'm like... I'm like, what the hell is going on? And but dude, Josh, he's got the uh, method to his madness. He uh, he was training obviously for oh, but he dude, he had this huge pack and he brought his jet boil and he brought two <laughs> he brought two fly rods because when we got up there, he broke one. Well, they, yeah, they he, got he, two. he brought two. Stepped because, on, he stepped, stepped on my pole. Yeah. He stepped on stepped a on. damn fly rod. I was furious. Like within the first three minutes, yeah. but but he had a backup, mm. so he had like backup everything because he had eighty pounds. 
<laughs> for a damn brook trout fishing <laughs> trip. <laughs> Could have threw a rock across that lake. <laughs> hey, but it was full of brook trout. That's exactly I right, mean, I man. bet we caught, what, 80 to 100 brookies dude, in two, three hours? It was so awesome. On a dry fly? Dry fly, yeah, terrestrials, black ants, and, yeah, uh, Adams. Uh, I so much fun, man. I wasn't there, but I remember y'all were telling me the story about Troy that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, go ahead, y'all go ahead. Me. Go ahead. Well, I, I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So Troy, Troy catches some, you know, catches a couple of brookies. That's my goes, little brother. He goes to he goes to start a fire to cook them up, and uh, he was eating brook trout sushi. <laughs> yeah, no seasoning, no soy, no soy, no ginger, no wasabi. That's exactly right. I think he had two whittled sticks too instead of chopsticks. <laughs> He did. He's like, toss them, toss them, that's good. Yeah, I was like, he's like, yeah, you want some? I'm, like, I'm good, Troy. Like, dude, <laughs> and dude, Troy, Troy cracks me up because he's got this uncanny ability to just make things happen. And dude, he, yeah. we, we've got some property back in Southern Illinois. We like, white, we like whitetail hunting, too. And, dude, he shoots uh, a 150. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, well, I was just about to say, dude, that was the third time he's ever been in tree stand. Oh, okay. Third time. Oh, it was the first night, wasn't goodness. it? First night of our second trip ever there. Second or trip for Troy. Ever, for Troy. For His Troy. second ever trip there. Third yeah, he, ever sitting in a stand. He's in one of our tree stands. He's about 12 feet up. <clears throat> he's got his compound. And he shoots a 150, 147. <laughs> yeah, 147. Beautiful buck. Close Beautiful buck. Split brows. 12, 12 yards. 19 inch inside spread. It didn't Huge run, it didn't run 50 yards. Point. Yeah, and uh, he just pasted it, and uh, but he's just got this this uncanny ability to catch big fish and shoot big shoot stuff, big deer. you know. But he doesn't he doesn't prepare as much. No, and it's like <laughs> just rolls out of bed and goes and kills. And you know, it's weird, uh, Wyatt, because I remember my brother was always he was kind of like that, like in sports. It didn't seem like he had to practice as much, but he was just so gifted. And I had to work harder. You know, it's I would play catch more with my dad, and I would do stuff on my own. And but my brother, it just seemed like he never did it. But he was just naturally yeah, yeah. like, how the hell do you do this? So mm-hmm. huh. yeah. And speaking back to Troy, so Troy's had a deer tag for my particular unit where I have uh, my property here, and uh, so he comes to the house, unloads. Are you ready, Troy? This kid has one arrow. <laughs> He's got one arrow, and he has it knocked the entire time. Uh, <laughs> He's ready for war. Well. Yeah. He's ready for war. We almost, bring... we almost got him a deer. I mean, literally right up here. You know, we're sitting here looking from my garage here, looking through the rain into my uh, up up into my property. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. deer was right up there, and we probably got within 70 yards of it, which is obviously out of his range. But uh, had one arrow, and he was ready to kill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the kind of guy, too. Uh, he'll show up. To to, let's see the deer stand, yeah. and he doesn't have water. He doesn't have his food. He's got one arrow. Doesn't have a backup sweatshirt. Doesn't have nothing. He'll he'll go in like December in Illinois. And if y'all know, that's that's it gets pretty pretty cold there just because so uh, so much more yep. yeah, yeah humid mm-hmm. in the air. Yeah, and he doesn't have a hat. He doesn't have nothing. He's got his mossy oak sweatshirt oh. with his hood on. He's shivering in the trees like. Man, why is it so cold? I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you'd be more prepared. Like, like this weekend we were fishing. He just yeah. had a long sleeve shirt. Didn't have no rain jacket. Didn't have nothing. Ooh, I was like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? Like, he caught the biggest fish. He'll learn. Yeah. So let's go back to gear on yeah. that trip. So yeah. we talked about, uh, what did we start with? Uh, uh, food. Yeah, food. We started with food, right? Yep. So, like I said, in the mornings, I'm just a bar guy. These guys are oatmeal guys. Middle of the day, I take... Uh, 
I take two packs of ramen noodles, usually some beef jerky, and then I make a little homemade, like a trail mix with banana chips and yeah. uh, coconut yeah. uh, coconut chips and, and yeah. uh, cr uh, cranberry yeah. and yeah. some stuff like that that I pick at. And then at night, I'm right back to an MRE. So yeah. usually I only consume one MRE a day, and that's the way I pack. And yeah. Uh, yeah. to save weight on this, not excuse me, not to save weight, to save in bulk on this trip, I took all my MREs and took them out of the original packing and put them into Ziplocs, you know, and it saved me a lot of bulk. You oh, know, absolutely. Yep. In that original packing, I mean, that's that, that's some bulky stuff. You're not saving a whole lot of weight, but yeah. you're just saving a space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're packing, it's still, yeah. it's 82 pound <laughs> pack. So instead of a 90 pound guy, now he's got an 82 pound pack. All right. Good job, John. <laughs> so, so okay, we're talking food now. These listen, these dudes don't give a damn. I got a bear hang bag, and they're like sleeping with their food wrappers all over. And they don't, they don't give a shit about bear. I got, I'm having to walk 150 yards to go get my my food every night, and they're like sleeping in their food. My tent's like 200 yards away from theirs. So, so. But uh, so let's talk. Let's talk camo. So you recently got turned on to the Kings, didn't you, TC? Is that yeah, what you and, had on? And you got sick of too. No, yeah, no, yeah, I like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good camo pattern. It's uh, lightweight, super comfortable too. Absolutely. And the big Agnes tent too. So big Agnes tent, big yeah. Agnes tent too. I can't remember the model. Um, it'll come to me. But it's a. It's One of those two persons, it, right? It's, yeah, a, it's, it's the lightest. It's a, the lightest two person tent you can imagine. Then yeah. I've got the uh, climate sleeping pad. Yep, and then uh, damn a stone glacier stone. Oh yeah, stone, stone glacier bag. Stone glacier bag, and yep. it's incredible. You know what? And I I said, hey, listen, I'm gonna buy the best stuff. It's worth the money it's, for it? sleeping, yeah. dude. Yeah, you gotta have a good night's sleep, right? right? Yeah. And so I'm so comfortable and warm now, and I like a light pack. And you know, I'm not as strong and 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 big as Josh, obviously. So I want my pack to be. You know, maybe well, I want mine 40, to be like that too, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's amazing what he brings up. But uh, and I like to bring, you know, uh, you know, comfortable things for sure. But at the same time, I really appreciate a light pack. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, why? So you, uh, you kind of had a kind of a hodgepodge of different stuff, right? Kind of had your, uh, yeah. What was it cool pants? What what kind of pants were they? Oh, dude, those. Well, okay, oh, they were so, crappy pants. Well, okay, mean, well, at the beginning, I had these man. Were they brand? Because I just said it was crappy. Don't <laughs> say <that. laughs> they were just it, it was a sure, bad it was a bad sure. brand. Well and then uh remember we went to town and then that's when I got my Danners. Cause right. Because I brought right. some other boots, dude. They didn't hold up. I was walking <laughs> on wet right. feet the entire trip. That's right. Not good. And then, hold on. When, when did we uh? When did we pick those? We picked those boots up in that day town. Three. So that's day three. That's before day. we went to the uh, to the condo, right? No, we went to a big R. We went to a big Murdoch. Murdoch. Oh, Murdoch's. That's, that's right. Good that's store. right. That's yeah. a good store. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome Danners. And I got these uh, KUHLQ or however you yep. pronounce that. Yep. Dude, they are. That's what you need. If, yeah. If you want to scout and fish and hunt in those pants, man, they're solids. They don't, I don't think they make camo. They're solids. But, dude, they are waterproof, light, and they dry easy. Right? Josh, the, the secret for me, too, is to bring a ton of lightweight wool socks. Oh, wool socks. Oh, I bet, I bet a lot of pairs. I mean, who cares? They don't weigh a thing. Right. And to put pairs. dry wool socks on, it makes your feet feel so damn good. That's a great point. And, and for me, what helped me a lot this year was I went with a, a thermosilk liner. So yeah. I had silk sock yes. liners. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it just lying. draws away all that moisture. Absolutely. And I would wear the same liners every day. Yep. And I brought two, three, exactly. two, three pair of socks. You know, yep. the darn tough socks. And they yeah. were good to me. You know, when you do that, and I used to do that too, Josh, <clears throat> you never get blisters. Right. right? Because the right. wool slides on that the silk, right. you know, and you never get blisters. Right. And now, if you do get the blisters, 
you know, I always make it a, a conscious effort to bring, you know, the uh, uh, Moleskin yeah. or, or, you know, another type of brand like that. Because the last thing you want is to have blisters out there. You might as well have a sprained ankle if you got a bad blister. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's not. And it might be even more dangerous from the standpoint of the bacteria, so on and so forth, trying to get that thing clean yeah. right in the backcountry. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no kidding. It's hard enough to, to hike that much and that much vert. when if you're in pain, I mean, I don't even know. If you're I, mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we were doing good when we could find a flat spot stand in the rest <laughs> yeah, during the course of the day. I remember, I I think it, well, it might have been the first day, or it was a lat. No, it was the last day because remember we did that where we dropped down the backside. Let's see, I, what, what, what is that? that west, the west side, and then we came back over and by well, where you hung your camera that wallow that was the last yep. day yep. east side. Yep. That was an east side. Right? Yeah, east side, east side, <clears throat> and then we remember we dropped over. Um, and we had to go up that avalanche chute yes. and do like going up that yes. huge, to sit down. You had to hold on to a damn tree. <laughs> you were <laughs> you were either going that you were going you were about to roll down. <laughs> so that was uh, that's the side that uh, where the guy had the camera, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So now that side, would you say is a little shorter of a climb as opposed to if we would have went up that other avalanche chute? Yes, but. It's a yeah. longer walk from it's when you get to the walk. top of it back you, to camp. You know what, though? It was kind of nostalgic because um, I, I walked past some of the old places that we used to camp back in the 90s mm, when, when we awesome. used to hunt. Mm -hmm. Dude, I remember, I remember camping at uh, Treeline and listening to Bull's Bugle uh, at <laughs> night, and it's just so much fun. And Josh, you know, when you and I went scouting, we, we did the same. We could hear them down there. Right. The, more of the bark. But I mean, a couple of times we would camp up on the ridge back in the '90s yeah, tell me in a little with two-man tent. Yeah, a little two-man tent, and you would hear bulls bugling. Oh, one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one time uh, we wake up, and uh, it, it was still dark out, so it was probably I don't know five in the morning, and I start hearing this this kind of clanking, clacking, like hitting. Uh, I didn't know what it was, and. Uh, I get up and it's just getting light, and I have some pretty decent binoculars. I have some Swaro, you know, eight by thirties, and so uh, I get out of the tent and I can just, you know, step about six feet over and just sit down and look at this basin. And below me, remember the little lake below us? No, Listen, this guy is camping like ten feet yeah, from the edge yeah, of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the reason why we do that is so we can hear stuff. And no, no, but I love to hear stuff at night. No, this is a badass spot. You know? Yeah, and. Uh, get up and there's two like five by fives or f six by six i couldn't tell because they were they're pretty far away but they're they're battling and they're right below us was and they were battling hard they were just kind of okay, clanking yeah, yeah. around so they might they might have been just satellite bulls but just the how exciting it is to see was that. that in season absolutely Jeez, absolutely you, literally so tc is camped on the edge of this cliff and literally there's like a giant <laughs> basin so you walk 10 yards and it's straight down like unpassable cliffed out now at the yeah. bottom of that i'd say what six eight hundred foot in, ver in vertical at the bottom yeah absolutely uh yep. there's a huge lake down there and yep. that's where they were at right yep yep and, the, and uh uh, and, and remember the the trail that we had to come out of there. You know, that, remember had that trail? Yeah. There's only one basic trail that you oh, come yeah, out yeah. of that, that yeah. particular base. Yeah. And we had to rock climb up it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, eighty pound there's, pack. There's a literal lot rock climbed in. I'm not kidding. It's yeah, a rock you climb. and your eighty pound pack. You yeah. went down there. You're it's done. It's well, a rock climb. We took two cows out of there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we took two cows out of Good. there. Absolutely. That's insane to think about. Yeah, yeah. And we're it's a deer trail, guys. I'm not like it's not a human. It's a deer trail that's cut in the side of the mountain. Yeah. But, so that was was that day two, TC? No, that was that was last day. 
Okay, so so what? Let's see. So we're on day. There wasn't much action day night three, was it? Well, no, there saying. wasn't. There wasn't much action. Or did day we two move locations? We, we so, did. so we we, did. we decided to move locations, and we moved further south about ten miles, fifteen miles as a crow yep. flies. And then we got on Josh's. Uh, yeah, yeah, gun. yeah. That, that, and this was incredible. And I, did, didn't you have an experience, Josh, like the week before? And then let's see here. Yeah, my my buddy missed one with a muzzleloader. Okay, no, so it wasn't the week before. We're talking about different then. things. Hold on, which one? Which one are we talking about? Here? Let's let's talk about opening. Well, let's just finish the opening uh, weekend. Take it away, what? Where we? Okay, so we got uh, we went down to Walmart. We uh, we got off the mountain, and uh, I think it was raining on us too. So we were just uh, all wet in the car, and we go down. Josh gets on his ATV. We meet in what town was that? That Walmart. Uh, Walmart. I don't remember what Walmart. Was it? And and he uh, he let us stay in his uh, condo and dude, we were all like, oh man, <laughs> after four years, no showering, oh, we're smelling like we'd oh, be grinding. Now that felt eat good. MREs for four days. You can just imagine that. Oh man, oh. What, what did we eat? We ate good that night. We ate oh, something. Yeah, that I think we, we might have steaks or something. We, no, we no, hold on. Good. What did we have? Um, oh, uh, golly, what did we eat? What was it? Pizza. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was oven pizza. That's that's some bougie oh, stuff compared to compared to <laughs> yeah. sleeping on a mountainside in the rain. <laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean? now, now, you know, other than the ribs, but right. you know, MRE, <laughs> hey, listen, MREs are great, but at some point you need something a little bit more, you know, yeah. substantial. Oh, no question. Yeah. Not to mention at night, I know for me personally, my tent was not uh not perfectly level, so I was no, sliding no. around at night, and I would take my sleeping pills to get to bed and so on and so forth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we were definitely grinding. And it wasn't that it was that far in there, you know. I think it was just the, the gnarliness of the terrain. I mean, I'm not kidding you, man. Like it was, it was pretty gnarly yeah. in there. Well, let, let's talk about that next place that we hunted because that oh, was really special, God. man. On, on that edge of that burn, Josh, that was the most one of the most okay, incredible so the, hunts I've ever had. This was third week of the season, third weekend. Uh, was it second or third? Because I remember my second weekend, I went up with my boys. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Y'all that's actually right. Got that's right. Y'all had an encounter, right? Dude, we almost, we almost <laughs> shot a giant, and we almost, and we got a video of my buddy missing that's a cow. Right. That's yeah, right. yeah. That let, was let, awesome. let, let me stop here. Yep. So th this was incredible because oh you know, yeah, it's, yeah, you've got three 16 year olds that went by themselves up to uh, a place down in the San Luis Valley uh, on the west side of the San Luis Valley, and uh, I killed a six by five back there years ago. And, uh, and and Wyatt had been there, you know, with me, um, you know, scouting. And they went up by themselves, and they got into a bull, but then they got into a cow. Well, okay. So so you take it over. Uh, so but. Uh, we got there. Okay, so we weren't allowed to drive up Friday night after school just because, obviously, we were 16. It's three hours away from home. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, Dad doesn't want us getting tired driving off the road. But uh, we leave Saturday morning. Not, I mean, they don't. They don't want us leaving super early either, just because obviously risk of driving. And let's see, we we get there. I don't know, maybe ten o'clock that day, and uh, we're going up this huge, steep north-facing slope. We're we're bugling a little bit. We're hunting squirrels and grouse along the way too, <clears> looking <throat> for sign, calling, you know. And we get to uh, the super, super good-looking north-facing slope. I mean, steep as hell, some good benches, really wet. We're like, okay, man, this could this could produce. And we drop down to this ravine. Excuse me. And then uh, and I look across this uh, wallow, and we were calling on our way down. And it was real dark, and there's a cow elk standing there. And she doesn't budge because I think she thought we were elk coming down the hill. 
And so she didn't she didn't move for a, a little bit. And my buddy, he, uh, so there was three of us, but only two of us had tags for uh, over the counter. Because yeah. my other buddy had a rifle tag. Mm. And he had a compound. She was, I think, what, 44 yards, I it think. It looked close in the video. Yeah. I mean, that video is sick. I mean, these guys it's, got it, videos of this. I mean, it's they, ridiculous. A video. Yeah. A damn video. Luke did, yeah. Dude, yeah, but who, awesome. did somebody have a range finder? Yeah, Luke did. Okay, Luke had a range Luke finder. Was like 43. Yeah, finish this yeah. up. But, dude, it was an incredible video. Like, yeah, a three 16-year-old. Like it was like watching a Primo's <laughs> damn video. It was awesome. And, you uh, could hear the call and sequence oh, and everything. Like, it was yeah. sick. Yeah, and so my buddy, he went down there, and he, for some reason, thought we were messing with him. And he was like, Dude, quit messing with me. And I was like, dude, there's a damn elk 40 <laughs> yards away. Shoot it. He's like, oh, there it is. And so he uh he he draws back and she starts to and she starts to walk away. And so I think I bark at her and chuckle maybe to get her to turn around and just look at us one more time. And he shoots and he missed her low. But we were, I mean, we weren't we weren't bummed out because think about it. I mean, it was, it was a clean miss. Clean yeah. miss. Yeah. But it was Didn't an incredible yeah. encounter. And then we sat on that uh what it was like a pond for the rest of the night until dark, and we didn't see anything. But I, that was one of my favorite elk hunting trips, just because it was first time with my boys. And then that night, um, we all slept in the back of his truck. We were scared. I don't know why we were scared. We've been a bunch of little babies. And uh, let's see. That next morning, I woke up early for them before the sun got up. Ate some breakfast, glassing on the hill, and I saw I don't know maybe. 12 elk, 15 elk. This is from camp. Yeah, this is from camp. Okay. Maybe, dude, how far we, is we got to We got to take Josh to this place. Dude, oh, yeah, that we're talking about too. Josh, yeah. Josh, the most insane glassing you've ever dude. seen, dude. You wake you up in this meadow. You got four or five basins And to you look got at. There's four of these five basins, and they glow in the morning because they're east facing. And the elk just glow orange. And, and dude, it's insane. Well, we may need to keep that in our back pocket. Yeah, I'm not saying 100. 100%. It's so much fun. And we and I woke up and I saw him going to this timber patch. I was like, all right, dude. Yeah, that's where we're going. It was hell to get up there. I mean, we were. Oh, dude, it took us a lot of down timber. Probably three hours, and we did a call set for I don't know, maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah. To try. Was it the blowdown that made it bad or the vert? Uh, vert, and sl it was slippery because it was a south facing to get up there, and then you went to a north facing. So the slope. elk were on the north side. Yeah. So yeah. You had to kind of drop over, and we set up. I don't know, maybe thirty minutes, nothing. And we were calling our way up, and and I was calling and calling, and I set up, and I was like, all right, we set up for about not, it should have been longer, five minutes maybe. I was bugling, I was doing a sequence, it's called the slow play sequence, y'all might have heard of it, from Paul Medell. And, uh, and we were like, all right, let's get moving up this hill. They might be up there, we might bump into them, but if so, we're going we're gonna to try. And we're walking through, it's me first, I remember this, my buddy Maddox, and my buddy Luke behind me. Maddox was the one with the tag. I had the tag too, but I had a recurve. And this bull, I mean, he was huge. He was probably one of the biggest OTC bulls. I mean, he had he had whale tails in the back. He, I mean, yeah, he was a big he was a big bull. So he had long sixes. That's and that's usually how far away was he? How far away was he at first when you first saw him? Man, I really because uh, I told I messed up bad, and Luke ranged him. He's like, dude, forty, and I was like, he's forty yards. He's forty oh, yards. The big bull. Yeah, and dude, Jeez, I, and no, 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 dude, 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 and I take a hundred percent credit for this. I was like, because I didn't think he saw us, because he, because what he did was he looked in our direction, first, first second, he wasn't looking at us. Put his head down, kept going. I dropped back, tried to call him in, 
and dude, we didn't see him again. But his kill zone was right there. Dude, I messed up bad. Bad. I mean, dude, Maddox could have had a giant. Three 16-year-olds stalking on possibly a 340, 350 ball. No, dude, he was huge, huge. And, uh... Yeah, I'm, I messed up. I, I messed up bad. I, I kind of feel bad dumb. for Maddox. And uh, but no, we we had a great time just because we we got in the dude, we got in the elk every day. OTC three three stupid sixteen year olds messing around man. through the woods, man. I mean, That's but, ridiculous. Yeah, but, I messed up bad there, but we we had a fun time. Absolutely. So okay, so the next week then we go back up with Josh. Josh, <laughs> you got to you got to start this one because this is a, this is a a great 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 encounter. Oh, so, dude. I'll start from from the condo after eating yeah. the pizza. We had a great night's sleep, yeah. not a very long night's sleep, but a uh, a good night's sleep on a mattress. And uh, we head back into the woods, probably about a what thirty five minute ride, thirty yep. minute ride in the morning. Yeah. Listen to a little culture wall, pull up, and yeah. uh, we had. Uh, I mean, it's straight up from the time you get out of the truck. It's straight oh, up, geez. and uh, so we went in there that night, right? And we camped, and it was nothing, correct? Was that, or is that okay, a different here. time? So, okay, so are you talking about your second weekend or the third weekend? I was weekend talking about us? whenever we, uh, whenever y'all about yeah. got on the yeah, one. Because yeah, yeah. remember the night before when we came in, we didn't hear nothing. Remember, we split up. Yeah. I went on my own we to a listening up. point. Yeah. And, and, and Wyatt and I this, went over to. Is this the same? To, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the same here. One? So Wyatt, Wyatt and I went to a, a wallow and we hung out That's until right. dark and That's then right. we heard something above us. Remember that, Wyatt? Yeah, so we, we heard a bull, uh, just a faint bugle up above and us. And that that day we didn't. I mean, dude, we didn't see. It was the weirdest thing. We didn't see a fresh pile of poop, and we got we got That's exactly we got right. right. We didn't see tracks. We didn't <laughs> see nothing. And yeah, that night we were we were debating, man. We were going. That's right. We were thinking about, hey, man, we we could pack up. We go to another unit. It's not that far to the truck. And we and we were seriously debating it. And we were, and Josh was like, and Dad was like, okay, let's not give up on it yet. Let's go. Let's go just do some listening, some some yeah. quick hunting and like these little we went to a me and my dad went to a uh a wallow and yep. Josh, what did you go to? A little meadow? Yeah, I went to a little meadow, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and we were just listening and hunting. We we, we were more there to just listen and yep. kind of get a grip for what we want to do. And I remember uh we called for a little bit and and I hear up on this ridge, I think, dude, it sounds like really, really faint. I mean, you know how loud those bugles are. So faint bugle, that's far. Yeah. That's far. And so we were like, okay, well they're up there. I say we hunt them tomorrow morning. Why not? I mean, it was an it was enough to keep us excited, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And so it was enough to get us stoked for getting up early yeah. the next morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so uh, got up early next morning, made our way back up there to where we heard uh, <laughs> heard what was going on. And, uh, as soon as we, we got up there, and then we I mean, soon as we, we got bit up the there. corner. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, so, and, and we went ahead, up. TC. We went up about what 800 vert, you yep. know, side hilling, yep. and it started to get real elky. And you'd come across, you know, fresh rubs, and uh, then all of a sudden you start seeing some fresh, you know, elk shit, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh man, this, and it's starting to smell elky. You oh know? yeah, smell super elky. And then you're hearing them, and uh, well, yeah, and then yeah, go ahead, why? Remember we. Uh, we got up to that one spot and we heard. I mean, dude, it was the deepest, most guttural, mean oh, bugle we've ever heard. Yeah, but is, <laughs> yeah, that, the, is that the one? Above, is that the bull above us? I think is that, that was the one. No, 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 no. That one was. Wasn't it across the ridge? Yeah, I think well, that one was across the yeah. ridge. And then later on, we ran into that one, and me and him went chasing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, remember we we probably heard what five bulls that day. Yeah, there was several Easily. bulls in there. Yeah, and I, yeah. I bet there, I bet there was more cows too. Yeah, hundred percent. Big right. big herd in there. And so we hear this bull, and we're like, all right, let's go after him. So we went after him, and then my dad 
split up from us because he heard bowl. He wanted well, to go and after I was him. calling for you guys. I was I was I was cow calling for you guys a little bit lower. Oh remember? yeah, and then me and Josh went you up. You guys to went him. up. So to TC the bowl. TC was calling for us, and his bull just wouldn't really budge. So we finally took off after him. I was more trying to back yep. Wyatt up because Wyatt had the bull tag, and we knew yep. it was a bull. So I was yep. more so going over there to back him up in case there was a cow there. And uh, so we go up after this bull, and we mess with him. And you got fairly close to you saw him, didn't you? Yeah, we were. Dude, I was uh okay, so here's here's the problem. We couldn't was, suck him in because of that brush, remember? And, yeah, well remember yeah, I was sitting next to that big brush and that down timber, but my wind switched to where yeah. it was blowing almost at him. And I mean when I tell you the setup was perfect, it it, it could have been perfect if the wind didn't switch. So what happened was it was this down tree with a wall of brush. So if you can picture that, I I, I almost can't see up top of the hill. And so what happens is we know he's up there. He's making noise. I can hear him walking around up there, and I see just his hide, you know, going through the trees, coming down, meandering down to us. And I'm like, I'm checking my wind gauge. I'm going, and it's going, it's almost going to him. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to kind of make a decision because he's going to want run into my wind. And elk, I tell you, they don't second guess their nose. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to start creeping just a little bit, just a little bit. And I get to where, okay, I think if he comes in here, He'll probably smell me, but I'll get a shot. So, let's see. Josh is calling. He's calling. And I don't see him for a little bit, so I kind of get a little curious. I take another step, and I look. There he is, 35 yards up on the hill, looking right down at me. And I'm checking my wind right at, I mean, he busted out because he saw me, obviously. And I was checking my wind. I mean, he's going right to him. So, I didn't really have a chance there. And then, Josh, you go ahead. Yeah, I remember uh, also – on the way to here, remember that spike? I saw that spike yeah, that was like 80 yeah. yards above us. So as we were chasing this bull, we ended up bumping into a spike. We didn't bump him, but we saw the spike headed up, so we kind of posted up for a little bit and let him get out of sight Did on I the way to this that. bull. And uh, I don't know. I wasn't that far behind you while I was calling, right? Because it happened quick. And, yeah, you, and were you went and set up. 25 yards, Yeah, maybe? I'm thinking I was probably like 40-ish yards, but yeah. not very far. Uh, doing some calling and <clears throat> we couldn't get that bull to come across. Like Wyatt said, there was a bunch of brush yeah, and stuff and, in between. And Josh, us. Josh, let me jump in here because <clears throat> as this was going on, I had been caught. Those You're guys, messing with your own bull, right? What, okay, yeah. well, no, no, no. So, so what was happening is earlier I was cow calling for you guys and you guys moved up towards the bull yeah. away from me. So I think you guys were maybe 100, 150 yards away from me. Yeah. But behind me up on another ridge, I had heard a bull, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and okay, the wind had switched. Going, so it was good wind switch, for you. The wind had switched. It was coming uphill. And this bull kept getting closer and closer. So I shut up. And I was going to rely on you guys being above me to call this thing in past me, okay? So then all of a sudden, and, and this bull is, is he's off in the distance, but I can tell he's getting closer. So it was like, you know, hearing something 400 yards and then 300 yards and then two, mm -hmm. in, in my mind, right? So then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Josh and, and Wyatt had come down because, you know, their, their uh, encounter didn't, uh, you know, didn't happen. Um, and we all meet up, and I said, "Hey, listen, there's a bull coming in." And and listen, Josh is Josh is a great caller, and Josh says, "Hey, I'm going to call this bull in for you guys. Why don't you guys start working your way down?" So we're kind of above a an old like like an avalanche chute with these small little trees. It's like almost these, a peninsula of young pines. Exactly, right? young pines, and like the pines between... are like maybe six to eight feet. Yeah. They're real yeah, small yeah, yeah. and super but they're, thick, but they're everywhere. Okay. But before we got there, it was kind of scattered, and Josh is back behind us, maybe 50 yards, and Wyatt 
And I was why like, it, why it's why it's like, hey, listen, I think we should set up here. And I'm like, and I'll, you know, and, well, you and thought Wyatt, the bull was farther away, so you're like, all right, let's exactly, get to the bottom. Exactly, that's what I'm getting to. I'm, I'm like, hey, listen, I think we need to move through these trees and get closer. And Wyatt was resisting me, and you know, he's like, uh, no, dude, I think we really need to sit here. And I, I made the final judgment. I'm think, I'm thinking, hey, listen, let's move down through these trees, get beyond the small little trees. And so Wyatt reluctantly agrees, right? <laughs> so he's on the right, and I'm on the left, and we're about maybe 30 yards apart, and we're working our way down through these trees while uh, Josh is going crazy on bugles and just raking trees with with us, a, a big stick. And 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 I'm thinking that the bull is still a couple hundred yards away, right? Yeah. So we're working our way through these small trees, and then I see these damn antlers coming. <laughs> and he was a big and, bull. And in my mind i'm like why the hell didn't i listen to wyatt he had good instincts if he would if we would have just stayed where we were this bull would have come right by him but josh is still back there calling and so i am on the left side i can see the the bull now drifting toward towards where i think Wyatt is and i'm like this is gonna happen right and uh why when you take it over from so here. okay so oh jesus awesome so i get set up about i'm really trying to clear this avalanche shoot because that that, that was oh, our those plan thick, the thick trees yeah. are hurting us right yeah oh dude like i mean you can't how far were you to the because so it's kind of broken up so it's a peninsula of pines but there was almost like a parky meadowish deal yeah, at the around that peninsula it, how we far were you off from the edge two yards oh okay so, so y'all were just so I, inside I was on the, the edge and i was really really trying to break that screen and, and get just on the edge so i can have cover and shoot out in right. there so I, uh, I'm going and I'm looking down because I'm trying to maneuver because you, you don't want to trip and make noise, you know. And I, and I, uh, this bull scares the, the crap out of me. He bugles at and like, how far, yeah, how far was he from me? When like he 40 yards. <laughs> and I could feel it in my chest. And I was like, oh, my eyes got as big as golf. I heard that thing bugle and I'm like, somebody's about to kill this bull. Yeah. I mean, I, but, like you said, it reverberated my chest. He's, he's coming away. exactly well, towards you. So what happens is I see him and I'm like, that's a big bull. He bugles. Again, and then I'm set up in this avalanche shoot, and I have a I have a window to my right side, if y'all can picture that, and I see him out there at about 30 yards, and I'm like, okay, if he clears this window at about 20 yards, I'll shoot him. So he's going towards the window, and I see his head pop out, or his head goes behind the trees that he's going to clear. I draw, and his head, his head clears the uh, shooting lane. He looks up at me, and I think he sees me, and I'm like, oh, shit. So he's, but he looks right at me, turns his body, and he starts heading right up towards me. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm at full draw, so I'm let down because I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I mean, I'm in the avalanche shoot, so I'm almost, I can't see him from my left side almost because it's so thick. He gets up. I, this is going to sound fake. And y'all don't have to believe. But he comes up to the edge of this oh. avalanche shoot. I swear on my life, this was two yards. I can smell him. <laughs> smell him. He was he was looking right at me. His eyes got huge because I think. But, he, but but we had the small trees in between, so yeah. So, so he <clears> couldn't quite pick me out. He didn't he didn't bust out of there immediately. He knew something was up, and I I was I was almost a full draw on him because I thought he was maybe gonna turn and give me a shot. But he kind of busted out of there a little bit, and then Dad. Well, so so then he he started to he knew something was up with with Wyatt's situation because he was so close and i'm probably i think maybe 25 yards or so to Wyatt's left 
and the bull starts coming towards me and I can see the antlers coming through these small trees towards me <clears throat> and he's below me and I have perfect wind and Josh has now stopped calling so everything is absolutely perfect and the ball the bull keeps coming towards me and uh, typically you know when and I've had a few close encounters typically I, I have my you know I shoot three uh, under so I've got my fingers on the string obviously and my bow is vertical and I always have the limb kind of in between my eyes to kind of break up my face you so know you don't cant that bow at all it's pretty much vertical. no it's vertical it's vertical at because I'm not drawn I'm gotcha. just basically yeah, yeah. using it as a breakup of my body you know and the bull's coming right uh, to, right below me, but kind of angling towards me. And the bull gets about eight yards away from me. But, no, but, but, but the problem is I've got like three or four or five of these little damn trees in the way. And so I have no lane whatsoever, okay? So he comes and he keeps creeping towards me. And he's broadside. And he's looking up at me. But I'm kind of keeping my head down. I don't like to ever make eye contact. I'm kind of keeping my head down. And I never got really a, a feel for how big he was, but I think he was at least a 5x5. Five five, at solid, least. Solid, uh, solid. Yeah, he was at least. He was a big bull. And uh, then he's just standing there. And we're having a stare-off. And I'm not, you know, I'm not drawn, but we're having a stare-off at, you know, a real close range. And finally, he realizes something just isn't right. And I'm not moving. Maybe I'm. he's hearing me, you know, breathing. Sure. Or your heartbeat. Or my heartbeat, right. <laughs> and he finally just drifts off. And then he kind of trots off to the left. And the, and the encounter's gone. All right. And... Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously bummed out because we were so close, and I've never had a, a, a real close encounter like that without getting a bull, right? Well, we all three meet up, and I'm like, Josh, dude, you did everything possible because you pulled this bull right to us both. Yeah, like, to have yeah, father and son having a, 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 an encounter like that, yeah. that close, I'm like, holy crap, that was insane. But then I'm like, I really wish I would have listened to Wyatt's instincts because if we would have been set up above that thick tree area we would have had that bull for sure i mean yeah. and, uh it was incredible and you remember then he trotted down and josh saw him run off and, and saw him run off and remember then we he went barked. out and so i heard him bark and i'm like they just shot that bull so i you go back at him he stops and looks back at me and i'm looking for a blood spot and i don't see one of them. Uh, maybe he was turned the other way or something and i wouldn't have blamed you if you were a little bummed out because you did everything i, I, I mean dude you, you, all, you pulled him in man we should have had have him back on a note that was uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what though that would have been an easy pack out oh, wouldn't it straight down, straight down to straight the truck down. it, it would have been, been easy <clears throat> i mean relatively easy right relatively absolutely. easy and again i mean to so to back up a little bit uh from from me and wyatt's encounter to when all three of us got into that one so we kind of screwed not really screw up i think he kind of caught a whiff of us but anyway we're headed back to tc and all of a sudden i hear a bull just I mean, going crazy by TC, and I'm like, we got to go. Yeah. So me, me and White take off running, and yeah. we're mewing as we run. Ew, 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 ew. Mewing as we run, and we finally get to him and make a plan as quick as we can, and that all gets set up. And my point in saying all that is it was some fine hunting that day. And, oh, again, that's yeah. OTC. Colorado. I, you know it's good when you're not thinking at all about hunger, thirst. Can you think about that. Yeah. When, when, we no. weren't drinking, we weren't eating, Dude, we no. were just hunting, man. And, and, and I tell you what, man, is think about how many bugles we heard in, in that three-hour period, three, uh, four-hour period. Hundred. Dude, seriously, it, it was, was insane. Lot. It was insane. And and uh, did we ever see a cow? 
No, I didn't see a cow. We didn't see, one, we didn't see one cow. It was like either all satellites or it was a herd bull and a herd bull might have had cows up there. I never heard cow muse, but I never saw cows. Doubt, Josh, didn't you think going into a cow, like getting a cow was going to be easier than getting a bull? That's exactly what I thought. And, of course, it was exactly the opposite. <laughs> Would you see one or two cows? I, yeah, that, not, didn't even get within 150, 200 yards of a cow. Uh, but going back to that story we just told, think about it. That night before, y'all heard that faint bugle. I didn't yeah. hear anything. Yeah. We're sitting at camp talking about moving. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> I uh, mean, we're sitting yep. there like, is it worth climbing back in there tomorrow? Yep. Tomorrow, yep. exactly. Well, you remember the night before we saw those two guys too, and so oh, we're, that's right. and we're yeah, like, that's oh right. man, this is ruined. <laughs> that's right, right. Yeah. We thought yeah. that they were encroaching in on on what was going on, and they were a little bit lower than where we hunted, or at least yeah. when we encountered them. But yeah, we we didn't feel very good about it until no. we heard that. So I guess that to your point, you don't give up, right? No, yeah. I mean, you Can't. just. We, we we made we made a decision to at least go up that night before yeah, and do another does. just a, 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 a you know a sight yeah. sound mission or hunt just to see if give it one last try and sure enough we heard something yeah. hunted them the, the next day and almost was successful almost got it done absolutely and, and one thing that I've learned is through this through the years is almost on all our close encounters. Sure, there'll be a lot of trucks in the parking lot, but it matters how hard you work for it and how how far you go in, and that really determines your success. Because nine out of ten guys won't do what we did at uh, never at the Never Summer. Hey, right. hey, hey, oh, no. hey, listen. Why you're 17 years old? Consider yourself pretty lucky to yeah. have as many close encounters yeah. as you've had. Unbelievable. I had, I had you know five I mean? bull encounters. I was counting in the car with my dad last season alone. <laughs> Five, within 50 yards. Every And every encounter is on OTC. Yeah. Every, no, I, I didn't draw no special tag. That sounds <laughs> like you encounter. do Arizona or New Mexico. But every hey, I, I want to say something about uh, Josh and his, uh, what do you call it, e-scouting, man? I'm yes. old school, right? <laughs> so, so, dude, so, dude, my scouting is, uh, you know, driving up and yeah, camping and walking and, and looking at maps. Man, the old school topo maps that we would get yeah. and you'd roll them up. <laughs> dude, uh so anyway, it's funny because I, I had uh, I'd killed a uh, a cow up in this area, and uh, Josh has shown me. And it's, it's funny because when I first met Josh, I met him at the gym, and I, I I'd see this guy come into the gym, and I go to the gym pretty much every morning, and and, and, and Josh too, and Josh would always have these headphones on, and he'd have his head down, he was just kind he was of an unapproachable look. He's on an unapproachable look, and he's like you know 100 pounds bigger than I am, and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like what's up with this guy? He's not looking, you know, and I'm a, I'm a pretty friendly dude. And then all of a sudden, the manager of the gym is like, "Hey, I want to meet. I want uh, to, you to uh, meet this guy. He's really into snowboarding, you know." And I'm like, "Okay." And it was Josh, and uh, Josh and I start talking about snowboarding. But then all of a sudden, we start talking about Enough hunting. About the snowboards, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then we start talking about hunting. Whoa. I'm like, "Okay, this is my guy." <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, and then he starts showing me this on X and the and his e scouting, right? <laughs> And he's showing, and I'm told him this place where I had uh, killed this cow uh, with my longbow, uh, you know, years ago. And uh, get this, I hiked the damn tree stand in there, and I shot it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hiked like the, an old 20-pound river's edge, and, <laughs> and I shot this cow out of a tree stand. It was awesome. But anyway, Josh shows me his e-scouting. He's never been there, right? Yeah. But he's been there, you know, virtually. And he right? has all the pins. And on he your had spot. the damn pins on the spot. And I'm like, how the hell do you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just—I think that kind of woke you up because I was doing it. and You're like, 
Well, you ain't got a lot of shit. You got to put your boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the ground. That's exactly and don't take right. that bugle. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, so, that's so funny. Oh, man. So where are we at? We uh, we finished up the the cast, the cast that story. We'll yeah, have to bleep cool. that out. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to bleep that out. But we finished that story. Yeah. Let's see. What else did we do last year? Good <clears> grace. So first of all, that had to have been the third weekend because my buddy had yeah, missed – with that muzzleloader that week before that, so yeah, I had yeah. a couple different legs. I spent like seventeen, like seventeen days hunting last year in oh September. I was super God. fortunate. Still didn't kill anything, but you know, I spent uh, spent a long time in September in there hunting. But yeah. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> TC, I got a great question for you. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, going back all these years that you've done this, what are some yeah. of the biggest things that that still hold their value in the woods today, as far as for the elk? Like as far as your tactics that y'all used to do, uh, <clears throat> tactics. Well, you know it goes Obviously back to the wind, right? You can never trick. You can never trick a bull by his nose, right? Wind, uh, north facing slopes have always worked well for me, for sure. Um, let's see here, what else works? Actually, trying to get away from people, you know, mm. hiking into the hard stuff and get far away from roads. Yeah, yeah. it real. I mean, seriously. Um, you, you just have to, to if you want to get into places, uh, especially nowadays, man, there's so many people out in the woods. You just have to get far back in there. You right. Know? And we're not just talking about hunters. I mean, there's high, you see hunters, hike, not right, hikers. hikers, fishermen. I mean, there's, there's just, there's people back and there. And you know what? Maybe, maybe this is misguided, but you know, when people are thinking too far ahead and saying, okay, I really don't want to hunt this basin because what if we get something down? And my philosophy is, and maybe it's not smart, but I'm like, well, listen, I'm going to worry about that when I get car. it down. Right, right. right. I, I want to get as far away as possible. If we get something down, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So that, we're, we're a, all in shape. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and if it takes a day or two to get this damn thing out, yeah. well, you know what? It makes it worth it. So I'm not going to think too far. Like you know, this is going to suck if we get something. That's right. like, no, dude. <clears throat> and that, that's a long-winded way of saying you'll do whatever it takes to get the yo, elk down. Yo, hundred percent. Because I, I mean, it's you're talking about OTC Colorado. I mean, I'm telling you. And again, I'm not an old man. I don't, you know, I haven't been everywhere, but it's the hardest hunting that I've ever partaken in. I mean, I it's love, hard. I love hiking. I just love hiking, man. I really do. I love seeing new places. New stuff. And I love scouting, too. Dude. I love getting on the road, dude. That's all I used to do is scout with my buddy Jeff and, and uh, hunt with my buddy Jeff. And we'd go up every damn weekend, you know, and, and my friends would be like, what are you guys gay? Here's the deal. They're, they're, and I, not, nothing against being gay. I don't sure, 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 shit about sure, that. Sure. But my point is him and I would go camping and scouting every damn weekend. And we didn't party much back in the day because we were so into the mountains and just driving and camping and well, scouting and shooting off. bows. Right. Exactly. Off. Yeah. So we would do it. And so now if you can aid uh, yourself by e-scouting, obviously that helps. But we would put the miles in. We'd put the hiking in. We'd be in shape. We'd stump shoot. Dude, stump shooting is so damn fun when you're scouting. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. hunting grouse when they're in season. You know what I mean? That's all right. fun stuff for, right. for me. Absolutely. And, and so throughout this whole time, you pretty much the whole time been a trad guy, right? And so it's weird. I, I hunted a season with my uh, – I shot a cow, actually, with my uh, compound. I haven't – obviously nothing is compounds. But I went pig hunting one time down in Texas. And we brought our comp compounds down, and it was near Lano, Texas, right? Or Lano. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, and by Fredericksburg, I think it is. 
and the two guides shot these Wapiti longbows and Wapiti long or I'm sorry recurves and they're made in Lakewood Colorado right and these guys are from Texas and they're like hey you want to try and shoot my bow and so uh I started shooting this uh, Wapiti recurve, and I think it was like the third or fourth or fifth shot. I was aiming at this little prickly pear, you know, cactus, nice. and I, I just hit it dead nuts. I think the third or fourth time, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm hooked. This is so much fun. And it's just like uh, eye hand coordination, you know, throwing a baseball or throwing a football, just kind of looking what you want to do and, and doing it. So uh, um, I hunted with compound. I didn't have a lot of uh, luck with it other than the cow, uh, elk. But uh, I don't know. I just I love shooting the recurve and longbow, and I think my neighbors probably used to think I was crazy because I would shoot every damn you shoot day. Every day for like seven. I had years? A, I had a, a McKenzie elk target and a and a deer target. Deer had a target. Ram target too. I had a ram. I had a bear in my yard, and we had an acre and a half or so. But man, I just loved doing it every day. It was like a ritual. Well, you probably have to do it every day, right, to become adept at it and, yeah. and have the confidence to go try to kill something. You know, it, it's weird because you you guys got me back into elk hunting because for a while there, I got out of hunting, believe it or not. I, I got into riding dirt bikes, and, and then I got into motocross and fly fishing, and, and uh, then I got hurt riding at the track, and I'm like, you know what? I need to get back to my roots. And, you know, uh, Wyatt's 17, and uh, he was hunting, uh, and he, sometimes he was hunting without me because it was just uh, what about three years ago when i got hurt yeah yeah and uh so i got back into shooting a lot and then i met josh and uh his passion really rubbed off on me and i'm like man i gotta really just get back into this because i loved it so much i live for it man uh going up i tell you one of the most incredible experiences was hunting up in uh quebec for caribou <sighs> I did. I'm serious, man. And it was so much fun. I don't want to go off on a no, big tangent Let's here. talk about that dude, a little bit. Right, that's here, incredible. Here's go what's ahead. incredible, because I love fishing, too. And we went up there. My buddy Jeff and I went up uh, caribou hunting, uh, northern Quebec out of Shefferville. And uh, and this guy, Jerry Reiser, it was like uh, bow hunting Canada, I think it was. And he was the coolest dude. We flew out of Shefferville into the, uh, with this float plane into this lake. And it was a long glacier lake, and uh, he had a boat, a Lund boat with fishing gear. And he's like, hey, listen, you guys can use my boat anytime. And so him and I would go out, and the guide wasn't with us. And That's so, incredible. So we were just glassing, seeing caribou off in the distance, <laughs> swimming across these lakes, and then we'd try and plan a, oh, man. plan a hunt on him. And I shot a small bull, and he shot a cow. But anyway, we were catching, like, huge uh, uh, northerns and nice-sized lake trout. As we were hunting too, and we didn't even know we were going to fish, so it was the and then the northern lights at oh, night. Geez. It was insane. You saw them? Oh, absolutely. How many nights? Just uh, a couple nights. A couple nights. Bright green northern lights. But listen, if anybody ever has a chance to go caribou hunting uh, with, with a bow, it's insane. Absolutely. Talk about your camp. Uh, was it like a wall tent? Was it more no, of a no, cabin? No, or no, what? no. It was a little tiny cabin yeah. with like an oil, you know, like a heater. Off the grid. You know, nice. uh, yeah, off the grid. Oh, absolutely. Off the grid. Did you and a little water? porta potty. No, no. No running water at all. So no. did y'all get up? Did y'all drive to that? Were you flown into that? Did you no, boat no, no, into no. camp? We, we, we flew from uh, Denver to Quebec, flew from Quebec to Shefferville, and then. Took a float plane from Shefferville into the like a the super lake. cub or something, yeah, or otter yeah. or something like that. Dropped us off, and we were with. Um, it's funny, uh, um, we were with uh, what a, a, a 
and I grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado. There was uh, a, a father and son from Fort Collins in that cabin That's with insane. us. And then there was oh, this my. old uh, uh, special forces uh, military guy, and he was a little bit older than me from France. His name was Alan, and he didn't even speak English. But he had shot a small bull about an hour or two before me, and he's like, hey, listen. And, and he was pointing at the trail. I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he's like, basically, hunt here. Yeah. Because they're going to come through because those caribou kind of follow, you know, the other caribou. Yeah. And so I stood on this uh, trail and I kind of backed myself into this small little uh, evergreen, whatever type of uh, brush it was in there. And uh, sure enough, here comes a couple of small little bulls. And I shot the first one, first opportunity that I had, shot them at about 14 yards. And uh, but man, that was so exciting to to see that that terrain, to see. uh, Arctic foxes, blueberries everywhere. Wow. See any oh, bears? Yeah. I didn't see any bears. No. No. But there's water all over the place. There's a, a smoky, or no, uh, what that's, what's that white quartz? Like a milky quartz everywhere. Quartz and and uh, lichens and uh, wow. small evergreens. But anyway, that's caribou hunting is very fun, too. It rivals elk hunting. Nothing's like elk hunting, in my opinion. But caribou hunting is a, a close second, absolutely. Now, what was that story you uh, you had mentioned to me about? Uh, you know, I think they the elk kind of migrate through that camp, and the guy was like, "Man, you should have oh, been oh, here." Oh, the, the caribou. Yeah, yeah, the caribou. Yeah, okay. So we got into the oh, camp. Yeah, yeah. We got off the plane, got into the camp, and there's like a camp. Uh, they kind of switch. So there was the guide there that was cleaning everything up, and then he went off with the pilot. You know, when he flew off and left us there with uh, Jerry Reiser, the uh, the outfitter, who just kind of stayed back at camp. And he's like, oh, you should have seen how many caribou came through like three days ago. I'm like, crap. And, and we were like, yeah, right. Come on. You know, I, they, they always say that, right? Right. So he took us back behind the camp, and there was this little funnel. And it looked like a damn rodeo had gone through there. It was like mud, it was like just mud and tra- and like thousands of tracks. Oh, so the caribou had just gone through there. How close to the? Uh, oh, cabin. like four, 40 yards. God, forty Whoa. yards behind the cabin. Absolutely. Good oh, night. Yeah. yeah, there's so many little bogs and things that and natural funnels. Oh, it was incredible. But and you know caribou. Uh, now my bull was small, but a caribou is like a small elk. You know between yeah. a, a, a you know a deer. a deer exactly. But uh, that was so much fun. God, yeah, dude, so what we'll have to do that. But but I love the combination of fishing and Honey, hunting. Yeah, and we're talking world class fishing because if Un- you look on touched lakes, because think about it, if you look on Google Earth and you look at at all of the lakes, so they're all you know glacier lakes. Or, you know, uh, there's thousands of them. And it's all water, and there's just fish up there. Right. And nobody probably fishes that area. You got to think with that many lakes, there's going to be some of those lakes that get little to zero pressure, right? I mean, there's yeah, absolutely. I, I looked on the map, you know, yeah. in Canada, and I mean, it's just nasty, boggy, yep. wet. I mean, yep. there's just so many lakes. Yep. <clears throat> so, like, what were some of the stuff that you guys were eating at camp? So we would eat the fish, you know, the northern pike oh, and the, and the trout. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. Sandwiches. Uh, we ate a lot of damn sandwiches. Yeah. Um, but I, I just remember sandwich. a lot of fish because we caught a lot of fish, and I like fish. And nice. So, yeah, that, that was a blast. Well, let me ask you all this. So from last year, you know, a lot of we had a lot of success. 
I guess there were some failures in there as well. But uh, what do you think is the biggest thing that y'all are going to change this year as far as it pertains to your gear? Is there anything Ooh. that you would do differently this year, you know, as to the experiences you had last year? Well, like what well, okay. what would you change? Your feet are most important. In my opinion, yeah. your feet are most important. And those damn crispy boots are insane. Uh, obviously, good wool socks. Uh, being in shape, too. You know what I mean? Yes. And I don't do it. Josh, how many times have you seen me at the gym do cardio? Never. You've never done cardio. So I don't do a lot of cardio, but I absolutely love high mountain fishing with my boys. And I want to take you up again. Yeah. And I really love hiking into these high mountain lakes. So staying in shape and good footwear and then just good uh either wool or poly stuff absolutely you got to stay dry that's the most important thing yeah and i think and to your point i think uh you know you can do as much squatting and you know whatever you want to do in the gym you know but if you're not hiking yeah i just you know i don't think it carries over i mean it's great do what you can i get it some people don't live at altitude some people don't have this and that but uh i think to me the most important thing is getting out hiking like you said you know when we were at that high mountain lake like i had a big ass pack on yeah. you know because but you had a reason you i had, had a purpose had, right 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 because again you know i go hard in the weight room but you know it, honestly i don't think that helps me as much as what i do yep. in the woods absolutely i really don't yeah but uh why what would you, what are you going to change what do you think uh let's see this summer i just bought some key uh not key Bought the lightweight uh, hoodie, didn't you? The Sika lightweight yeah. hoodie, yeah. Hoodie and uh, pants. Mm-hmm. Just bought those. So they're the subalpine. They look, they look clean. Still rolling with the Danners? Yep, yep. Still got my Danners. I I like them. I don't. I can't complain about them. I'm going to throw another coat of waterproofing on here soon just to give me a uh, 100%. Josh, Josh, you happy with your boots? Yeah, I'm fired up about them. So I'm a big... You still got I Danners, need, right? I got Danner powder horns, and, and I'm a big dude. I need rigid, stiff boots. You know, I've rolled... I've had high ankle sprains multiple times on both ankles. I mean, I, I need high... I got a 10-inch boot. I mean, it looks like I'm about to go fight a fire. So, uh, <laughs> big yeah. old, thick yeah. sole. Uh, yeah. But so far, so good. Uh, but yeah, I think it's very important. I think a big important thing for somebody, especially coming from out east or even that's here, I mean, do the best you can to uh, to get your boots worn in, you know, especially if you're not yeah. used to this altitude, you know. Uh, Having a good pair of boots that are worn in. I was doing a, a little bit of research the other day, and I saw an article said a boot isn't broken in until seventy miles. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. And, and you know, know Josh, and and uh, there's a huge difference between hiking on trails and hiking yeah. for hunting. Right, especially elk territory where you're side hilling steep stuff. You're doing some damn side hilling, yeah, side hilling is very important and you need the footwear that can handle side hilling. Right. And and gripping, right? Right. When you're going up those steep avalanche chutes or going across them, you can't twist an ankle back there. You'd be screwed. Right. Seriously. I agree. Let me ask you this, TC. Uh so as, as it pertains to trail cams, so I'm a trail cam guy. I'm from I'm from out east, you know. Trail cameras for whitetail, you know, elk's a different species. Uh, it's tough to pattern them. I mean, they they wake up in the morning and do what they want to do. What what are your thoughts on trail cams for elk? You better ask Wyatt, man, because I'm not. I mean, I do trail cameras for whitetail, but you're the one that kind of got me into the trail cameras for elk. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you went in there and put those damn trail cameras up and that's hard. I mean, dude, it's one thing you know, we have a farm back in Southern Illinois. It's about what? 300, 350 acres total. And it's yeah. easy to put a bunch of trail cameras up because right. it's relatively flat. 
But Josh, you were going up and down these damn mountains putting trail cameras in, and then you got to go check them out. It's yeah. like, dude, I, I, I've never done that before. Yeah, yeah, Josh, yeah. I mean, that's hard work for elk hunting. You and know? for me, it's like it's not necessarily to uh, to find a bull and say, "Oh, I'm going after Fred in September." Yeah. You know, here he is. Yeah. It's more of uh, an affirmation of that they're right, there. there's elk here. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's why I put them up now. You know, in regards to whitetail, you can do that. Oh, here's Big yeah. Clyde. Yeah. He's coming at 2.30-ish. He's walking here, right? It's a little yeah. different for an elk, though. But it's the energy to get them in there and get them out and get the chip out. Especially and in check. elk country. It's right. Dude, elk different. Hunting, dude, right. it's so hard. Because man. I would love to run a cell cam, but where we hunt, there's, there's no, no service. That's exactly you right. You can't do that. That's no, exactly no right. And what I'm thinking for this year is... Uh, I think we get some uh, cams up late this month and just leave them, and just like we did last year. Pull them up yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, I say we do it uh, well, while we, we were talking Yeah, while we were earlier. talking. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to go scouting this week, Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some stuff yeah, done this do week because, I mean, I mean uh, uh, fall is right upon us. Absolutely. But uh, Well, and I think that uh, that one basin that I had my encounter with and you had pins on, mm-hmm. that – that has cell service. We're able to sometimes oh, whenever we right. go down there, we're able to call. You're right. We're really? able to call mom. Yeah, I, I do remember calling mom and Carly in there. Down in there. Yeah, down in there. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, that would be incredible. That, yeah. Just sit, sitting up yeah, there. Again. Yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah. Golly. Getting service. So I don't know. That's something to check out. And um, this year I drew a. Uh, really, I was just about to ask you what do you what, what what kind of tags you got, Wyatt? So I drew this year. A, should I say the unit? Yeah, I want Nah, yeah. don't say the unit, but what kind of tag? Okay, I drew a mule deer tag and either sex tag for a... Where I live, right? Yeah, 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 okay. right where you live. And there's some monsters <laughs> back here. Yes, there is. They're hard to hunt because it's a burn. Right. But now, did you pick monsters. that up in the, in the primary draw yeah, or the secondary primary, draw? Primary. Okay, I'm Go going ahead. for a uh, elk tag in the same unit in the uh, secondary. There's like, I think there's four left over. And, uh, and you should draw it because, guys, you know, I don't know if you know it's not so. The secondary draw in Colorado, youth have 100% preference in that draw. So there's a good chance yeah. why it draws this unit. And there are some fine bulls. Oh, in yeah. And I I, uh, I called in a 6x6 six six for my buddy two years ago. And uh, he had a cow tag, so he couldn't shoot it. But we were just messing around with him. And there's some there's some size in here. And so I I think I'm definitely going to throw cameras up here just for deer, too. Yeah. My, Two of my buddies drew it too, or my brother and my buddy. So we're all gonna run cams, and dude, it's so close to home—20, 30 minutes. That right. uh, you know, who knows? You can go draw it after school. You know, so right. you can go pull the. What you're saying is you you can put some time into this hunt. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm now elk hunting, I'll be out here. You know, right. So I'm I'm full about every day. I just gotta worry about gas prices, man. Right. I'm, oh, about to, I'm about to go broke. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> I'm about right to now. go broke. Let me ask you this, TC: You ever get infatuated with mule deer at all? Um. You know what? Mule deer are very, in my opinion, I think it's a harder hunt. I think it's a harder hunt. I really do. And you know what? To be fair, I don't know a lot about it. Like I, I, you know, I, I, I've never killed anything big, but I've seen a lot of big whitetail, and I've had a lot of close encounters. (laughs) But I think that, in my opinion, whitetail might be a little bit easier than getting a big mule deer uh, uh, buck with a bow. I, I think so. I just don't know how to pattern them. Right. And with elk, they're so vocal that it makes it easy. It, right. it makes it marginally easier. Right. But mule deer, Josh, I, man, I, I'm not an expert at all. I'm not. And especially, you know, if you're wanting to take one down with, with trad equipment, 
you know, and you want to hunt them early in the season, you're talking about climbing up to 13,000 foot. Yeah. So on Read so some Marv Clinky uh, books. Yeah. Marv, Marv Clinky. There's this guy, Marv Clinky. So, so one of uh, my employees, Vince Sanders, great guy. Oh, I met his, him, right? His, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, his uncle is Marv Clinky, and he uh, used to write a lot of articles for traditional bow hunter he magazine. Shot and, and he lives up on Weston Pass, which is up near Leadville. And he killed a bunch of big sheep and big mule deer. And Tree he was on. known for that. He's a famous, like, traditional bow hunter with long bows, and he'd get close. And I don't know how the hell he got close. Well, read that book big, and you'll find out. I, I get, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What yeah. about uh, what about antelope? You never got into that? Now, Just I, I, I hunted, I hunted uh, antelope one, right? one year. I was close. I I, uh, I don't like rattlesnakes, dude. That's I fair. don't like snakes, period. That's fair. But uh, I, I set up this... Uh, this uh, blind on a water hole, and I sat there from sun up to sundown, and dude, it was it so sucks. damn hot, it and sucks. it was it was tough. And I I had some come into the water hole, but I was they were too far away. <laughs> and when you're in a blind, I don't like shooting out of a blind. Period. I, I really don't. That it, it makes everything look so far away. And Ooh, yeah. uh, so I I that's very hard to me. Like, the guys that can get uh, big antelope with a bow. Period. In my right. opinion. I think it's difficult. I don't think people understand the mental toughness it takes to sit for 13 hours a day, dude. and it's 112 degrees, and you're sitting in a black woman. Yeah. You're getting cramped. You're nah, screwed. Dude. I mean, it's. I mean, when I did it, I was sitting there in my boxers, cold towel around my neck. Nah. I had 20 waters in that cooler right there over my shoulder. Nah. Uh, I had my uh, Samsung tablet watching videos, <laughs> but I mean, it was horrible. I'm, I'm kind of a restless guy. I like to move around. Now I do love tree stand hunting. I really do. I enjoy sitting in a tree stand. I'm putting them up. And I remember, yeah, I, so I, I, I was an elk guy before I I uh, got invited out to Iowa. Yeah, Jeff and his buddy invited me to Iowa and to, to hunt whitetail. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like hunting in a, in a tree stand. I loved it. I really it's did because you'd see, you know. Uh, uh, squirrels coming through, or, or owls flying through the trees. Deer, you know, seeing deer come through. You know, even yeah. from far away. But um, the longer that you sit in these uh, tree stands, you know, as it's getting dark, prime time, Ooh, basically. Hour before. Yeah, no, I, I love it. You're getting, man. you're shaking just and thinking you know, about and, it. And Josh, you know, I've I've hunted elk. That basin that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I, I took a big tree stand in there too. Jeez. Now I didn't have any luck oh from the tree stand, but I hiked to try. Shot a cow. Not for no, that was a different base. I'm talking about the base uh, in Never Summers, yeah. You yeah. put a tree stand in there, yeah, yeah. I put <laughs> oh, a tree you stand in there, absolutely. It. Yeah, you showed me where you put oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was at the and, bottom of that avalanche, and, oh, dude, yeah, uh, like in that first meadow, like past, like it, absolutely, yeah. dude, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. but I, I, dude, I, I like tree stand hunting, it's fun. But, but what my point is, I like hunting for. The spot to put the stand, right? Right. You're finding good trees or good pinch points to put the stand. So you're it's almost hunting. like you're, you're tree hunting. Yeah. You're hunting for a trail or a, a pinch point. Right. And I love that. Right. And you know, on our, on our property in Illinois, we have you know 15 or 20 stands up, and they're all like for shots between 10 and 12 yards. Right. You know, and it depends on what type of wind you have. Um, but I love putting up tree stands and hunting for the perfect spot. Right. In and your I mind, you think it's going to work. Some, <laughs> most times it doesn't for me. For Troy boys, damn it. <laughs> it's every time. <laughs> right. On the stands, you hung. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's a good segue into, uh, let's, yeah. we talked a lot of elk. Let's end it on whitetail. So I'm going to go ahead and get this embarrassing story out of the way. So listen, I've done a lot of hunting. Uh, like I said, I'm not an old man, but I have Ooh. hunted a lot. But so... 
you know, TC's kind enough to invite me out to his, his Illinois property. And uh, so he lets me out on the edge of this cornfield. And there's this beautiful hardwood bottom that leads into this lake. So I grab my stuff. I've got, I don't know, a saw and my harness, everything I need to make a new set because I got my tree set and everything. So I go in there and as quiet as I can, right? I'm in this hardwood bottom and it's beautiful down there. And I get this, I get this set hung. I'm by myself, you know, I get the set hung and I'm fired up about it because it looks beautiful down there. And uh, I get the set hung. It probably took 45 minutes. And uh, I walk back out probably, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile, maybe even less than that. And I get to my boat case because I remember I left my boat case where you dropped me off. And I'm fired up because I get to take all, you know, the saw and all this other stuff and, and leave it there. And I open my bow case, and there's no arrows in that bow case. <laughs> That's a, How many oh, miles away is that? 1,600? 16, it was, yeah, I opened my, my CBE bow case, and I had left my arrows. So as I was packing my truck, I was kind of shooting in between. You know, I'd pack a little bit, I'd shoot oh. a little bit, pack a little bit, shoot a little bit. Left my arrows in the target and drove off to Illinois. Because you were excited. Because I was fired up right now. Fired up. But I mean, I get back to that bow case and I stare at that bow case for probably almost a half hour. Like, this can't be true. This can't be true. And I remember I texted you and I was just furious. Uh, But I was like, you know what? It happened. I was like, man, you know, I, I could be furious about it, which I was. But. What happened after that was up to me, and I was like, you know what? There's a cool wetland down where I'm at. I'm just going to go climb up in that tree, and I'm going to see if some ducks come in. Yep. And I watched oh, one of the coolest disp- waterfowl displays that yeah. I have ever seen in Most my entire life. in the world. I mean, yeah. every kind of duck you can think of, woodies, pintails, mallards, teal. I mean, yeah. it was snow geese, yeah. uh, Canada geese. Specs. Specs. Uh, everything you can think of on yeah. that lake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but again, go ahead. Well, no, we we have a couple lakes there, and we have a lot of people that want to hunt waterfowl on our property, and we always say we're always nice about it, but we're like, no, we're deer hunters, and we want to just keep it clean and keep it pure. So for years, we've had people ask to hunt it, and we always say no. And you guys were the first ones to, to uh, duck and goose hunt. Virgin yeah. ground. Yeah. It was incredible. I'm Absolutely. not kidding. I mean, we, yeah. we'd whack at a group, and it was, what, one, two, three, four of us? We yeah. would whack yeah. at a group. Yeah. And oh, dude. Those ducks didn't even know what it was. We I mean, they would circle, them. circle, circle, come back down. Circle, circle, yeah. circle, come yeah. back down. Shoot them on the it circle. Was, we shot it was incredible. Two-man limit and no decoys. No, de- no decoys. Yeah. So yeah. talk a little bit more about the uh, – you know the land that y'all got it you know you got a little ag on the edges you know lots of hardwood bottoms yeah well well we we got this uh god how, how many years has it been now i think it's been 15 years since we bought it my dad and mom grew up in southern illinois and uh just near uh red hill state park on the southeast side uh, it's actually close to indiana and uh they grew up there and my dad had some ag land and uh, and my brother and I and uh, my buddy Jeff bought uh, some property on a conservation easement right to the north of their property. We bought about 150 acres, and then uh, we traded some ag land with uh, with the guy that's actually farming our ground for the uh, timber that that basically borders our 150 acres to the north. 
and uh, there's no ag. So all of the deer that are eating the ag uh, around the perimeter are coming in in bed in our property, and it's incredible. And it's real close to a state park, too. So, uh, you know, during shot or what is a shotgun and muzzleloader, yeah. uh, in our mind, those big bucks are going up into the state park because there's no, uh, there's only archery or land. in the state or, or our land. Yeah. So we have a lot of big bucks. I mean, we've got big bucks on camera, like, you know, oh, 160, dude. 170, oh. 180s. Yeah. Big Tom, bucks. Tom, okay. Tom shot a 170 and Jeez. a 160. Yeah. Jeff shot like a 160. And these are all yeah. archery deer. Oh, yeah. right? No yeah. shot in. Yeah. 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 And I'm the only one that hasn't shot. I missed a big booner. I oh, missed a booner about at, at about 12 yards. I shot. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you what, it was probably 50 degrees, <laughs> at, at, but my knees were shaking up and down. I was standing up in my tree stand, and it felt like it was like 13 below zero. I was so <laughs> nervous, dude. And I was shaking like leaf because this buck, I saw him from about 200 yards away, and he was just coming in exactly how I pictured it. And he was coming in. It took 10 minutes, and I just kept getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous and more And I was shaking so damn bad. And he came and gave me a 12-yard a broadside shot, looked the other way. I drew back, and I shot over his back. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel, so I, there's something about big white tail bucks, dude, that I, I just I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it. It's tough, man. I've I shot I shot one. I've shot two deer, a doe, and a decent little buck there. Yeah, yeah. Good. So he was like a, uh, almost uh, non typically, right? Didn't he have like wasn't his side, both sides that different? That was Troy. That was oh, Troy. Oh, okay, okay. Troy okay. shot one this year. What's one. that one you shot last year? I'm only shot a doe. I shot a doe last year. I thought you killed a. Uh, I thought that was you that killed a buck last year with your uh, long. Well, yeah, no, you shot shot a buck this last year. Yeah, that's then one. A, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, this year. Uh, oh yeah, I guess last year. Um, yeah, I shot a. I don't know what he scored. He he wasn't a big seven point. He was he was wide though. I think he. 19 and a half inside spread. He was wide buck. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, but the thing I'm proud of you, uh, doing was. Uh, hanging your own stand in your own area because we already had a bunch of stands up but Wyatt made it a decision to uh hang a stand where he thought he could kill something and he did and it was like and and, and the most luck I've had I've not had a lot of whitetail luck but I've had a lot of close encounters is the first time you set up a stand the first time you crawl in oh man it seems like you have you have better luck Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, no it was awesome I I remember I hiked in there with the stand, and I mean, it was hot that day. That's that November was hot. Yeah, I was sweating. I was stinking like a. I was, I was <laughs> mm-hmm. disgusting, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. dude, they're gonna smell me with the wind blowing in my face." Yeah. And I remember I, I got it all set up in the tree, and the first tree I was an idiot. I tried to put it in a honey locust tree, and I figured out the hard way. <laughs> I was trying to climb, and I stuck my hand into one. Oh yeah. So that hurt, and I threw it to the tree next to it because it was such a prime area. Mm-hmm. And I went up, looked at the lanes I needed to cut, went down, cut them, did that again, went down, cut them again. You don't want to cut too much, though. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then I, I remember I was like, it, it was a weird wind, too. Like, it was a oh, south, it was a south wind. And it, it, it was looks a like southeast, you, south, southeast it like wind. you yeah. would want to hunt it with a yeah. north wind, but there's this one beaded down trail that I've always seen deer from. Another stand that overlooks this area, and so I was like, "All right, man, I'm gonna hang one in there." So, about an hour before light, I start getting excited, and I see this uh, buck on the other side of the river. Hour before dark, right? It's afternoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Hour hour before dark, and I see this buck on the other side of the river, and I remember I took a video of him. I was like, 
And then the commentary was like, if this buck comes in, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> and I sent that to my buddy Luke. Whoa. And then uh, he opens it. He's like, did you shoot him? And I called him. And I was like, dude, I just shot him. So what happened was he crossed the, he crossed the river. And it's a it's a big river. Well, it's it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't muddy creek. It's it's about thirty feet wide. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty pretty Called big land structure yep. for a deer to cross, you know. Mm -hmm. yep. And he gets on the trail, and I'm like, dude, it's gonna work perfect. And he gets twenty two yards away, you know, coming in. I'm shaking. Oh, I'm shaking bad. And he uh, he makes a scrape twenty two yards away. Heads up. I mean, he had nothing. He was stopped. Came to full draw, and I right through the pump house, and I. I remember I, I got down, I was nervous, and I called my dad. I was like, oh, dude, I think I just smoked him. And I found a, <laughs> I found a huge blood spot, and I was like, oh, he's done. And so oh, wait, I waited for like 30 minutes for my dad to get over there before I found it. I was so tempted to just go find it, but we found it together, and it was, it was awesome. You know what, and you guys would probably agree. One of the most <clears throat> fun things for me in hunting is uh, blood trailing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I absolutely love it. And, and even if... <laughs> If my buddy gets one, you know, and shoots yeah. it, I, I want to be there to blood trail. Right. I just want to watch him do it, or I want to do it. Absolutely. I want to help out. Yeah. You only get to do it so many you, times a year, that's right? That's exactly yeah. right. And, and uh, have you ever seen those guys in Africa, the most incredible <laughs> blood trailer, where they'll just follow, like, tracks or, or bent pieces <clears throat> of yeah. grass, no, like, you know, no, right. with, with no blood. Exactly. Those pHs over in Africa are insane. Dude, I have so much respect nope. for that. Likewise. I love it. Onto the natives from the land that, that they just generations of the knowledge that just all come down and they just they're genius but that's right. for life i mean over yeah. there back in the day dude that's how they lived right. they, i they mean had you, you had, had to, to find it you had to find that animal that's a fact yeah. or your and family with, didn't with that those archaic you know uh you know tools that they <laughs> use i mean maybe that thing ran for a mile or two but they had to find it God, and pack it out to their village. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of that stuff in Africa is dry, dusty stuff. I mean, they're following little indentations. But yeah. don't you they... love it? Don't you love just finding? I mean, I that is my on your hands one and knees, and you things. find a good, good mm -hmm. chunk. You're like, oh yeah. yeah. And going back to Wyatt, man, being uh being as advanced as he is at his age, TC. Think about in today's time how much easier it is to learn about this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Like you look at yeah. At not only YouTube but Onyx, right? Yep. I can remember, you know, and again, I'm not no man, but back in the day, you know, with the paper maps, looking at looking at topo maps, you know, trying <laughs> to find out about public land, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. and now you can get on and yeah. get on Onyx and get on Go Hunt and so on and so forth to find out so much more information. Yeah, uh, you you guys got me on Onyx, and and after getting on it, it's incredible. It really is. It's it an is. incredible resource mode too. Right. Yeah. That's, right, that's awesome. For Onyx is one of those deals where once you've seen somebody use it, or once you download it, it's hard to get to leave it. You Absolutely, know? You, yeah, you can't with the way we hunt and right. and the way technology is. You you can't compete unless you have it. Well, right, you can. It's just it it ain't gonna be easy. Right, right. I think, uh, and a lot of people say this. I think uh, hunting is all about odds multipliers, right? And I think Onyx yeah. is a big odds multiplier. That's right? exactly right. that much more. Exactly right. Right. If it helps you one or two or ten percent, think about it. Yeah. You know, it helps. Right. You know, and 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 you just need every little uh, bit of uh, knowledge. To, Comfortable to, boots. Yeah. So yeah. they say, you know, it's like a you got like a five percent odds of killing in, in over the counter OTC, and they also say that ten percent of hunters kill ninety percent of the elk, which oh, to me yeah. is a crazy yeah. thing to hear, right? Yeah. It's like 
damn, that says a lot, right? Like, there's that this small group of people who, is, I mean, that's all, you know what I mean? They're just all about it, you know? That's, you know? Uh, that's like the uh, born and raised boys, the yeah. Russian guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they... They live. They live for September. And one important thing to note about guys like that is, I think one of the biggest common denominators is their time. They get to oh, spend, dude. you know, twenty some odd days easily. Work, right? And I think that if there's anything, guys, you can buy as much expensive stuff as you want, you know, and and the gear and all that. But you got to afford yourself the time to come out here and spend the woods because yeah. don't get me wrong, you could kill open day. We almost did. I mean, you could kill open day, but. I don't think that's normal. I no. think it's one of those things where if you can give yourself a week, ten days, two weeks, if you can. I mean, yeah. if, you, if it cares that if it means that much to you, you'll maybe take two weeks. Because uh, think about it like this: you got a guy that goes out, say four days a season, and he's out, say four years. That's sixteen days. And then right. you look at the, um, the Hushin boys; they're out. Say they're out twenty days a season. I mean, right. four four years worth of time equals right. one of their seasons. So. Right. It's just yeah, it's, it's the amount of time you put in. I agree. I, I feel sorry for kids that aren't able to get out into the woods nowadays. You know, for whatever reason. Absolutely. You know, I, I, it would be tough to to raise kids and you know and not have them be uh, you know outdoorsmen or into the woods. And I, and I know that obviously you know reality says some people aren't going to be able to do it, but I think it's just so much fun and you can learn so much. Yeah, know, yeah. Being able to be in the woods and. Uh, and uh, enjoy what we have. I agree. I, I can't imagine not growing up the way I did. I know. Uh, I know. You know I, I mean, I've been doing this forever, and I can't imagine. And you were in the middle of Tennessee, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the yeah. country. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I sure appreciate you coming down here. We'll wrap it up on that. Uh, I mean, what a time we had last year, man. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, but, but, but you know what's Golly. fun? What's fun is we're going to start scouting here in a couple of days, couple man. Of days. We'll be right back at it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we really appreciate it, Josh. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah, you coming down here. Well, guys, we'll end it on that. Hey, look, listen, we spent this whole podcast talking hunting, but I'm going to take the last couple seconds to say this. Listen, uh, I've been snowboarding for a couple years now. Uh, got four or five different snowboards. I ain't going to name the names, but... Tracy was kind enough to give me a Never Summer Snowboard night. Kidding you, it changed the way I ride. I'm not shitting you. Go out and get you a Never Summer Snowboard. And I'm not saying that because he's sitting next to me. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you that because it's a damn fact. Thanks, Go buddy. get you a Never Summer Snowboard. But, guys, I appreciate you coming and uh, taking a listen. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Josh. <laughs>